Yo, this is Conan. You're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Boom. Is the mic unmuted? Yes, it is. Good. We did good this week. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Rich, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Tax Williams. How you doing? Uh, hello, everyone. Can you hear us in the comment section? <laughs> for fuck's sake. So last week, we had an issue where, for some reason, the, our mics didn't pick up on the broadcast YouTube. It's really weird. Like All the intro music was there, all the outro music was there, the intermission bit and everything. Just not our audio. So I had to do that little shitty recap video, but I think it did the job. In fairness, you, know, you missed some of my best jokes. Oh, we missed loads of hilarity. <laughs> Probably the best podcast we ever did. <laughs> so this week, we're going to do chapter three and the final chapter of the cursed flipping trilogy <laughs> of the WCW Hulk Hogan Billy Kidman trilogy. Today, we are doing WCW's Slamboree 2000. But before we get into that, you mentioned something just to me as we we're about to start. I didn't even know. Oh, well, because obviously you've been a busy working man this week, so you have. wouldn't have been following some of the action on the older social media platforms. I haven't even watched NXT yet, so there we go. Don't spoil it for him in the comments section. Um, but uh, I'm wrestling. I'm returning to the ring uh, Friday in Hal's at Benjamin's for Wrestling 4, raising money for Click Sergeant. Fantastic charity. Check it out. Check out the show. Uh, you can still buy tickets if you're in the Midlands, so come along and say hello. Crown the first ever Wrestling 4 champion as well. Or if you want to travel to the Midlands. Yeah. I, there's space in my car. Just Absolutely. hit me up on the social media, at the Tex Williams, if you want to come too. Hey, if you're a wrestler, bring your gear. There's a Battle Royal. <laughs> Never there's always a space on a Battle Royal. <laughs> um, but... Uh, Alex Talbot, who runs the shows and promotes Wrestling 4, sent me a message over the weekend and said, as, long, as well as being in the Battle Royal yourself, how'd you fancy doing colour commentary for Wrestling 4? Nice, man. That's so, awesome. So, on Turnbuckle TV for this show, who knows what can glide out of this? Probably nothing, because I'll do <laughs> such a bad job at my new co-commentator, Sonny G, who does stuff for Wrestling League as well and a lot of the Turnbuckle TV stuff. So, we're going to be doing uh, our first show together. Excellent. I like shows like this because I'm going to be wrestling with people I've never met, never worked with before. I'm going to be commentating with someone who I only had a brief interaction with online, commentating on wrestlers that I've done my research for but have never really met, other than sort of people like Cupid and um, Jamie Sparks as well. Yeah, yeah. But cracking card, sleeper match of the year, Jamie Sparks, Chantel Jordan, who you may have seen coming off the back of her hardcore match of Joey Janela at Kamikaze Pro, where he pole drived her onto the front of an escort. Oh, I did see that clip. Yeah. Um, and, um,. Catwoman Cage as well. Triple Threat Ladies match. Nice. Excellent. I've not kept up with the British Indies enough. I know I kind of know these names, but not Chantel as much Jordan as I'd like is to. 15 years old. Yeah. And yeah. she is the toughest woman on the circuit. I will never want to wrong her because she will That's beat nice. the tar out of me. That's really great, man. I'm happy you're kind of spreading out your commentary and getting like to do it for different companies and such. Yeah. It's great. Um, obviously, you can still watch some of our previous uh, outings on OWE on Nothing Else on TV. Um, yeah. That's stopped for the time being. We haven't been fired. <laughs> just waiting for more footage to come through for the time being but more importantly World Wrestling Podcast Chapter 3 of the Hexed Trilogy <laughs> Hogan versus Kidman okay so we are doing Slamboree 2000 obviously but since Chapter 2 of this podcast which I had to do as a recap video because we lost it because of the bloody audio cheers YouTube there have been three shows and I've got the briefest notes ever so Thunder 25th of April 2000 holy shit Bobby Heenan is on commentary Yay! and you're like what the fuck they've got Bobby Heenan employed but they're putting these idiots on commentary like 
for Nitro and Well, this Slam is where they, they were going to split. This is where they split the commentary teams. So they were going to have the NWO yeah. commentators. They were going to have the WCW commentators. And I, that's why Heenan was on Thunder. But he's not doing commentary for the pay-per-view. You've got Bobby Heenan under contract. What's wrong with you people? Disgusting use of talent. <laughs> so Billy Kidman with Tory defeats Horace Hogan, not Hulk Hogan. Let's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just clarify We'll go that. home. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Awesome defeats Booker T. WCW World Heavyweight title tag team match, which is the big one. Uh, with Kimberly Page as and her massive lack of clothes, as the no one guest, and her massive <laughs> <laughs> lack of clothes as the special guest referee. So it's David Arquette and Diamond Dallas Page, who's the current champion, versus Eric Bischoff and Je- um, Jeff Jarrett. Uh, so basically, there's a whole bunch of bullshit. Kim goes down. Jarrett, Way. <laughs> not like that. <laughs> Jarrett hits Page with the belt. Arquette spears Bischoff. Jarrett pins DDP. But Arquette pins Bischoff. The new referee runs out to the ring, runs straight past DDP and Jarrett to Arquette and Bischoff, counts the one, two, three, and our new WCW World Heavyweight Champion is David fucking Arquette in a tag team match. You deserve it. You deserve it. <laughs> oh, good lord! The worst. Uh, apart from putting the title on himself, maybe the worst decision Russo ever made. Got eyes on the product though. Did it? Yeah, because their rating is fucking dog shit across all of these shows, across all the pay per view. It's crap. Better than it was though. <laughs> Barely. But it's like the old to Solskjaer Man United thing. It's like it's good for a few weeks, but you can't keep this going. Oh yeah, it's just it's weird. Anyway. Should we just carry on? Yeah. So, Monday Night Show, 1st of May, 2000. Uh, the champ is here! <laughs> Two-on-one handicap match, uh, which is a hardcore. Hockey mascot and Norman Smiley defeat Crowbar, which is just crazy. <laughs> the Wall defeats Horace Hogan. You're like, who books this shit? Two minutes, 20. <laughs> it's just the weirdest thing ever. But uh, let's get into the important stuff. So, uh, Tank Abbott defeated Diamond Dallas Page by knockout yep. in a minute and 57. You're like, great. Um, He's moved on from Mark Madden in chapter one of this trilogy. <laughs> for sure. So the total package, as he's called in WCW, because we can't say Lex Luger apparently, with Ric Flair, has a match versus Vince fucking Russo that goes to a no contest. Uh, we get a WCW World Heavyweight title match between Arquette beating Tank Abbott. Didn't watch it, but I'm assuming it was fucking terrible. Knockout in one minute. <laughs> uh, it was uh, two minutes 14. <laughs> so there you go. Work smart, kid. <laughs> this guy they're building up to against Goldberg. They're like, oh, we'll have David Arquette beat him in two minutes. Yeah, absolutely. He's the champ, though. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Got to get the champ over, yeah. you know? We also had uh, Mike Awesome defeating Hulk Hogan and what inevitably was a bullshit finish. But um, yeah, I didn't watch this because no. it gives a fuck. So WCW Thunder, the 3rd of May 2000, which is the last show before Slamboree. Gang Warfare! <sighs> we get a New York Rules match of Canyon defeating uh, Jeff Jarrett. Who better than? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, total, pa- total Package defeating The Wall. Uh, these are all New York Rules matches. So more hardcore gimmick bullshit. Uh, Billy Kidman versus Ric Flair goes to a no contest. Diamond Dallas Page defeats Vampiro in 47 seconds. Uh, Sting defeats My Awesome in 2 minutes 14. <laughs> like, Vince Russo did not like long wrestling matches at all, did didn't he? Didn't want to cross the segment in case people didn't come back. I wonder why. <laughs> For sure. So Hogan beats Steiner by countout. Uh, Chronic defeat Bagwell and Douglas Chronic. to retain the belts. <laughs> Chronic. Sorry, I forgot to say it like that. I didn't say it like that on the recap either, did I? No. Chronic. Whatever. So then we had a WCW World Heavyweight title number one contendership uh, battle royal for the belt. The longest, dumbest names. Uh, Bash at the beach, not Slamboree. Oh, is that what that's for? Yeah. 
Oh. Sorry, no, Great American Bash, sorry. Whatever. So Ric Flair won that. So he gets the title shot at Great American Bash. Some pay-per-view. <laughs> well, that's all right. I've got it covered on okay. our end notes. Okay, brilliant. So WCW Slambury 2000. Nostalgia all over for me because I hunted for this pay-per-view. Um, in the early 2000s when I was again enjoying finding the joys of the internet not only porn but also people who had copied wrestling shows and were selling them on bootleg DVDs yeah trying to find anywhere who had this slamboree show no one had it so I found a VHS and bought a VHS player just to watch this show nice what a waste of fucking time and effort this proved to be <laughs> and <a> years later <laughs> I find it so funny that you're searching out like wcw slamboree while i was talking about like Torimon and dragon gate and stuff it was a lot better trust me yeah <laughs> so jaded in my younger years <laughs> so it's the 7th of may year 2000 obviously we're on pay-per-view uh we're at the kemper arena and i'm like do you know someone with the last name kemper um, no. Kemper Kabashi? <laughs> Ed Kemper, famous serial killer. Oh, no. Oh, dear. So the arena's obviously named after him. What a great uh, way to name it. Well done, Kansas. <laughs> Ed Kemper is one of the best interviews you'll ever see, right? In that he was a crazy serial killer, but he's insanely, in- massively intelligent as well. A lot of them are. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But Ed Kemper was the first guy the FBI interviewed to learn about serial killer behavior and behavior oh, right, analysis okay. and such. And so his his claim to fame and his his great kill or whatever was he killed his mum, chopped her head off, and then proceeded to fuck the skull. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, Ed Kemper. Look up YouTube. Just Ed Kemper. He's really Does this, interesting. In, in modern terms, would someone refer to him as a lad? <laughs> Lad, no, definitely <laughs> not. So we're in the Kemper Arena in Kansas City, USA. Proper heartland America job here. Usa, usa. And the crowd just do whatever they're told to do almost at times. Yeah. But then there's kind of like almost moments where the crowd are distracted by stuff that's happening in the crowd as well. It's yeah. a bit weird at points. 7,165 um, people. Not bad, according to Cage Match. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's decent attendance. Uh, commentators are Tony Schiavone, Scott Hudson, and Mark Madden. Ugh. Again, they've got Bobby Heenan employed. What the fuck are they doing having Scott Hudson on the commentary team? They've got all the Nitro girls employed. What have they got Scott Hudson doing on the commentary They've got team? Mike Tenay employed, for fuck's sake. He'd be better than this Borash as well. Yeah, We've seen Borash. Sure. Jesus. I mean, Borash is a young boy at this point. Doesn't but... matter. <laughs> Anyone other than Hudson. No wonder why the WCW brand failed on when it debuted on Monday Night Raw when they had Arn Anson and Scott Hudson. Scott Hudson doing bloody play-by-play for Buff Daddy and Booker T. God damn. So opening video package, recent going on, recent going ons. Apparently Macho Man came back. At he some came point. back in the Battle Royal. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah. I love a bit of Macho. He's not on this show at all. No, because so. he just came back in Battle Royal and didn't win. Oh, fair enough. Um, and in fairness, I don't think he appeared on the next few pay-per-views either. <laughs> creative control strange oh i should probably make an appearance okay fair enough so the millionaires club arrive and they have hired a bus (laughs) money 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 yeah immediately i was like hang on you're the millionaires club surely a limo would be a better well that's what they got to on commentary that oh they left the limo at home so they obviously you know showing that they're a combined unit limos are fucking big (laughs) also did you not see the nwa when they had five (laughs) <laughs> do you think they did away day sort of thing they were like pints in the back and like yeah. you know footy songs and such lads on tour <laughs> who do you think Russo sucks <laughs> I don't really give a fuck <laughs> so the new blood all in the locker room watching the um uh, the millionaires club arrive Vampiro all nice and brooding just sat yeah, in the corner sat in the corner just like that's who they start on and they pan across and you're like Everyone's just ignoring Vamp sitting in the corner doing his yeah. brooding raven gimmick Kimberly's you know. tits oh there's Bischoff 
God damn, Kimberly in this show. Holy smokes. Oh, man. So, uh, sp- and that's why I searched out this pay-per-view when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> that's good material. So we get some uh, split-screen video intro package thing. It's it's okay. It's nothing nothing even close to WWF standards. No, not but, at all. But it, it shows the important stuff that's going on. It gets across the gimmicks that are kind of there and things. It's, it's okay. It's dynamic as well. I think you know? if you were watching this, you bought this pay-per-view purely for Arquette, then this would it was a great... This is setting the scene of what you're going to see tonight. Yeah, for sure. Lots of quotes over the top of it and yeah. such. Like, not bad. So we cut back into the arena with shitloads of pyro. Obviously, it's WCW. Uh, pay-per-view stage is the Nitro stage. I'm like, boo. But a really long flipping walkway. Uh, yeah, Look, the giant yeah. ramp. And so again, um, but the ramp goes all the way to the ring. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I love it. But you don't like it at all, do you? I mean, th- obviously, it serves a purpose, but... Yeah. It's bullshit. Again, it serves a giant purpose on this pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, but the commentators put over the triple cage that's hanging down from the ceiling. And it looks um, just like a single-tiered cage from what you can see. Yeah. But this gets paid off later, which we'll obviously go over. So first up, we've got a WCW World Cruiserweight title match of Chris Candido with Tammy, who's the champion, versus the artist with Paisley, a.k.a. Charmel, Booker T's wife. Mark Madden made the first highlight of commentary during this. Yeah. So they were describing how they were really happy, like cruiserweight action. This is the best cruiserweight action, top cruiserweights, beautiful women. And Mark Madden was like, oh, I wouldn't say they're equally beautiful. <laughs> he did. It's like, <laughs> ta- for me, Tammy's more beautiful, but I prefer the bleach blonde bimbo. Straight up, literally just said that. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, fine. Yep, you can have the crack whore. We'll <laughs> have what seems to be a lovely woman yeah. standing at ringside. You know? Also, Mark Madden's a racist. <laughs> uh, well, that too. Um, so cringe tammy strip a bit to start with like she's she's beyond the point of oh i'm here for all the men and blah 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 blah. you know this is the show all state or the see all state see well me state. see me state yeah. where <laughs> and candido did the, so like, the most half-assed attempt at trying to cover her no yeah. don't look at Oh, He's care. like dancing around going, everyone's fucked my wife. <laughs> you know, it's, it's weird. Hey, HBK. Yeah, <laughs> fucking A. So uh, the artist has the great ticker tape sparkly entrance. It looks amazing. Like He is the most forgetful human I've ever seen in my <laughs> yeah, life. Yeah. In terms of you could forget his gimmick, his character, whatever. You know, He's like a void of personality. But this he really is. But this, the intro is amazing. Yeah. And this match is one probably of my most watched matches. Because... Okay. When, uh, again, I was younger, I normally used to leave like a, a wrestling DVD or a video on to fall asleep to just okay. put it on the evening and try and watch it and then fall asleep. I'd normally fall asleep during this match. And obviously, because I had a video player set up, I couldn't be able to switch and plug the uh, Scott lead back into a DVD player. So everything was a case of, let's start watching Slamboree. <laughs> <laughs> and this would be And what sleep. a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's not that bad. No. The match is okay. It's one of the best matches on the card. There's, there's, yeah, for sure. Like Probably the best match on the card, thinking about it. There's, Wait. There's, there's a couple. Like, the Canyon Awesome match is pretty good. Yeah. But, like, you know, we'll see. The Meat Fest. For, for this match particularly, there's one moment that really stood out for me. I'll just read it as I've written it. Okay, I have to put, hold on a tick. The camera pans around following Tammy as she runs around like the ringside doing her spots and shit. As it does so, it pans past hundreds and hundreds of empty seats against the opposite the hard cam. Do you spot this? Yeah. Like, oh my God, the biggest mistake like any video producer could make with a wrestling show. They've got everyone stacked on one side, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. The hard cam needs to look busy. Five star. Don't turn the fucking camera around and show the empty um, arena. But then in WCW's defense, they were chasing a bouncing Tammy. So would you be looking at the seats? And be like, 
I would just cut to any other camera at this point rather yeah. than just show that bullshit. You know, it makes them look it's so inferior immediately. Like I know their ratings are tanked and all this sort of shit, but sell out though. <laughs> How many people could this arena hold? Do we know? Seven thousand one hundred sixty-five, because <laughs> it's a sellout with half of it empty. <laughs> Fuck it out. So there's some. I mean, maybe there was bad traffic as well as this. There's some weird like audio problems. Right? Oh yeah, match. awful, awful. Like helicopter sounds yeah. and shit. Like I wondered whether they had the like the Goodyear blimp, like you know they used to do it raw sometimes <laughs> or whatever. It's ECW vomicopter. <laughs> the vomicopter. <laughs> David Flair pops out. He's like, I'm covered in puke. <laughs> late, 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 <laughs> late to be by Charlotte. Res- many 35 <laughs> well exactly <laughs> uh, anyway so uh the match is okay but a bit botchy uh some weird random low blow halfway through the match because we have to have a of low course. blow in every single wcw match ever touching cox is fun <laughs> tammy and charmel get into it on the ramp tammy swings a chair mrs charmel hits the artist one two three the music plays but he kicked out <laughs> and you're like oh no not straight away the big botch big pile driver by candido diving headbutt by candido one, two, three, and surprise, surprise. We just heard his music two minutes ago, but Chris Candido wins. Uh, girl fight at the end. Tammy loses her dress. And it is what it is. Huge botchy bullshit mess. But the actual, the work rate of the two guys and the spots and such is really good. Really good opening match. But considering back in like 97, 98 Nitro, when you'd be having the real high-flying cruisers yeah, at, yeah. at the start. Because at, at this time, so cruiser-wise, they would have had Ray, Kidman, but Kidman was busy. Ray was... Ray was injured, wasn't he? Ray was injured. Came back at uh, Great American Bash, but again, notes at the end. Cool. And Helms and Moore were like there. Hmm. I mean, I love the Vertebreaker, but yeah. still, they're not the, the highest caliber of high flyers. We're or... not talking Hoovy, Psychosis. Eddie, Chris Jericho. Yeah. You know, they haven't quite got those status, do they? Um, but yeah, it's, 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 an, it's an okay opener. I would refer to it as a hot opener. But without the botches and everything else, you know, it kind of ruins the momentum a little bit. This is what I consider to be modern day indie opening match fodder. <laughs> they, they, this yeah. is the it be. This is the let's go out, put the workhorse, put in a decent match, two decent workers, yeah. not too much on the line, and let's just give a good show to show our product, our wrestling company can actually have decent wrestlers. Unfortunately, yeah. we don't have a decent production team. Botch a few, few of the simple spots because you're worrying about the big spots coming up. You yeah. know, botch the finish a little bit, but cover for it. Have a bit of a run in with the girls and such. I, I get it. Yeah. You know, it's okay. It's it's overbooked mess, but yeah, I like an overbooked mess to start a show. Yeah, Once if it's if it's few and far between for the rest of the show. Yeah, good thing for <laughs> Slamboree. <laughs> <laughs> so the commentators are running down the card at ringside, and uh, this all seems a bit better. Is what I've you know I put here. No bullshit backstage segments or anything. No, yet <laughs> at, at this stage, one match into the card. Yeah, and we've got another video package for another match, and you're like fucking great. Uh, basically, it shows crazy old Terry Funk doing crazy old Terry Funk stuff. I want to have a hardcore time match. <laughs> it's really fucking good. Not played. <laughs> so, WCW hardcore title match, uh, two-on-one handicap of Terry Funk, who's our current champion, versus Norman Smiley and a mystery partner. Ooh, who could it be? Like, what great hardcore legend are they going to get? Uh, it's Ralphus. <laughs> I'm just going to give it away. Ralphus, who I'm pretty sure like um, the Festus gimmick was based on. Means the man probably looked at Ralphs oh, and gone. Pretty much, yeah. Oh, there we go. Just make the bell ring and we'll go. <laughs> Once uh, heard Jericho talking about it, and uh, I know it was actually maybe Bischoff. Oh, I think it was Bischoff actually. But he was saying that Jericho found Ralphus. He was just a truck driver. He was like, "Come do this silly gimmick with me." And then apparently Ralphus started to get a bit of a big head about everything. Oh, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bischoff had to kind of put him back in his place a few times. Like, oh, pretty 
you can kind of see it here. Like he's really showing up for the camera when oh, he yeah. can. But he's one of the worst workers. He's not a worker. He's a civilian. Like, he's a civilian. He's <laughs> fucking terrible. Makes Bastian Booger look like he's flipping. I was about to say a different <laughs> Canadian wrestler. Looks like Bret Hart. There you go. Yeah, I was going to go the other way because it was WCW. It's all good. So uh, Funk goes looking for Smiley in the lose. Uh, comedy spot with the backstage workers were all like, that way. Yeah. <laughs> they all do it at the same time. Kind of funny. Uh, there's a gimp in the loo. <laughs> Who's Ralphus? He's wearing like a, a mask thing. Yeah, and... for, for hockey goalie like gear, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, got like pads on yeah. and such. It's kind of funny. Uh, walk and brawl, hardcore stuff. Uh, Smiley screams are absolutely hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> just like yeah class. you see so many people do this on the indies now yeah. to get a comedy spot um, pop or whatever hey what are you saying about guys who get comedy spots <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan but this is such an easy good comedy yeah. spot but it's underutilized for sure I'd love to see people do comedy screaming you know yeah. it's, it's really funny um, I've just written this is a lot of fun like I really enjoyed it the match is terrible it's trash wrestling but these two doing it with Ralphers it's yeah. kind of funny I like the uh, the the uh the rubbish bin spot. The trash can The trash spot, can. Where yeah. he twatted Funk with it. And then Funk just took it and went, oh, fucking it, you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Proper walloped Ralphus with it. For sure. So uh, Ralphus exposed by Funk while Ralphus is upside down over the ropes because they eventually make their way to the mm. ring. And <laughs> Terry Funk's just like, ah, just pull your jocks up. Show your fucking ass or whatever. Uh, this lasts forever until uh, eventually um, Norman Smiley comes and breaks it up. Uh, we get the wiggle, dry humping spots where Funk's like selling it. Like, uh, like an absolute boss. <laughs> Funk- there is some deep penetration going on there based on Funk's facial expression. Like Funk is an absolute legend of the business. One of the best, coolest human beings ever. Like I think we all agree on this, right? He'd never say no to anything. Really. Can you imagine yeah. Norman Smiley going, now Funkstar, I've got this little <laughs> spot I do where I gyrate against your bottom. <laughs> while and- you're in the doggy position. And you've got a set of... Oh, okay, Norman, I think I've heard. Yeah, that sounds like good fun. The way Terry Funk sells this, like an absolute beast. He's so good. It's fucking hilarious. Pretty sure my wife saw that facial expression. Wait, what? And they get bored of wrestling at some point. So Funk rolls up Smiley for the one, two, three. (laughs) (laughs) And still, hardcore champion Terry Funk. Uh, Norman Ralphus do a dance at the end. Yeah, absolutely. I'm fine with this. I mean, I'm fine with it. But obviously, you know, you've just been in a hardcore title match. Sell the injuries, kids. Oh, I guess so. Well, yeah. Fans popped, but then again, this is the same time where you you flick over to the other channel and you see Too Cool and Rikishi doing it. Yeah, it's not like it's a need to death match where he's like stabbing yeah. him with things and setting fire to the ring or whatever. It's very cheesy aluminium foil things being yeah. hit over your head and humping each other and such, you know. it's, it's I'm okay with it. It's all fun until someone gets hurt. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> yeah. They started doing ladder spots and like trying to kill each other. Well, and they such. sort of did do that spot where Smiley threw the ladder off the top rope and it went round Funk's head, didn't yeah. they? I was disappointed Terry Funk didn't do the spinning ladder thing, to be honest, but yeah. not enough people, I guess. Yeah, and also, you know, paid by the minute. Oh, true, true. <laughs> Terry Funk, man, you think about the matches he's had on this this trilogy we've done. He can't have wrestled for more than five minutes. No, earned a lot of money. Yeah, but I'd say he's probably getting minted as well. And, you know, undefeated in the trilogy. (laughs) He is. He's still the champion. Probably one of the few people who haven't benefited from 50-50 booking. (laughs) God, do they understand how to book titles and such? Strong strong champion. As we said, Arquette defended his title on the Nitro before. (sighs) Terry Funk hasn't lost it. I mean, granted, Ernest Miller ruined it with Bam Bam in the previous previous episode. Oh, God, that was bad. Anyway, so uh, cocky asshole David Arquette arrives backstage in a limo. 
and he's wearing shades indoors and i'm like for fuck's sake um so uh has a quick chat with me and gene uh, he's got his own money doesn't need his his wife's money it uh, doesn't need that friend's money yeah. <laughs> one minute an episode yeah yeah for sure mr arquette is mr uh, mr cox is yeah mr cox they called him yeah, yeah. So again, like Natty's husband for Tyson Kidd. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, but again, we've got one segment and we're straight into another match. And I'm like, fucking great. And also, it planted the seed. Oh, hang on. Diamond Dust Page said you weren't with the Millionaires Club. Oh, so yeah. you've arrived by yourself. Oh, hang on. It's their dissension. Exactly. Planting I think the gave, seed. I think it gave, gave it away rather than planting the seed. Oh, in a big seed. way. Yeah, because you're like, oh, why is he acting like a cocky arsehole? He wasn't doing this before. You're like, ah, he's had some coaching backstage. <laughs> and someone said, oh, maybe if you acted a bit like this. And he's just taken it to the extreme. Because he can't fucking act. <laughs> I think we've established. Hey, he's fantastic in Scream. He's fucking not. Slash Scary Movie. <laughs> is he in Scary Movie? Which one well? is Officer Dewey? No, he must be in Scream because that was a legit one. Yeah, yeah, he's in Scream for sure. Yeah. Like he's 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 okay in Scream. You know what I no, mean? No, he's not. No, he's really not. <laughs> he was excellent in his death match, though. Have you seen the three Scream movies? No. Okay. Are they not any? all the same? Uh, the first one is actually pretty good. It changed the horror genre. Uh, in that everything Hello, became, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Everything ke- went from like tension building to slasher. Okay, and I really that's the movie where it changed. From, like you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre to Scream. There's not really a lot in between. Okay, you know, so you get like the '80s vibe as well. Like I'm just going off topic here. So uh, Kurt Henning versus the Perfect One. Sean Stasiak is up next. Love the fact that he came out to a, a slight mix of Perfect's original WWE music. Mm, indeed. When I say I loved it. I flipping hated it. I'm not sure whether this was WWE dubbing stuff in or whether it was actually... No, that's what he always had. Was it? Okay, fair enough. Uh, And obviously after these performances, WWE saw this going, hmm, meat. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, this was 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 when he's back. He's left WWF at this point. He's gone to WCW. Not surprising he didn't get a second run really in the WWF after all this bullshit. He got it in the invasion angle. A little bit. Yeah, not... Not much. He was there for like a couple of weeks, I think. Maybe? He was definitely one of the first to be fired. Yeah, for sure. He wasn't there long. I mean, Buff, Buff, Buff Bagwell and his mum had already left. <laughs> I think Stasiak was next. So, um, uh, again, it's kind of like a fun, fast-paced star. Henning super over. He doesn't I- look sober. Kurt Henning. It didn't look in a great way. But no. yeah, even non-sober Kurt Henning in the ring. Yeah. He's fucking flawless. He's so good. As soon as he starts to realise the crowd are on his side, you can see him pick it up a bit. Yeah. And he just interacts with the crowd a bit more. And he's like, oh, this is... I'm over. Like, you know... Finally! (laughs) Hey, Bobby! God, Henning is one of my favourite of all time. Can you imagine how better the rest... I mean, the wrestling world for talent at the moment is good. But how much better the wrestling world would be if people, if you had Owen Hart and Kurt Henning training people? Oh, good damn. Like, there's lots of good trainers out there, but these guys, they just get it. Yeah. Especially Mr. Perfect. Like, I just every time you see him in the ring, he never has a bad match. He's Eddie Guerrero levels. Yeah. Just like every match has a purpose, has a story. Everything they do is working towards that finale, that finish, you know? Yeah. It's just fucking brilliant. Mr. Perfect was my first ever favorite baddie. Yeah. When I was younger, and I was so <laughs> elated when they brought out the Hasbro figure of him, which did the perfect plex. The thing that bothered me most, again, maybe digressing a little bit, perfect plex. You could put them in the headlock, yeah, and then you pulled the arm back, and it whipped momentum, so perfect would flip over backwards to do the perfect plex of the toy. And I thought that's brilliant, <laughs> but you could never hit the perfect plex on Yoko. Ah, oh, Yoko too big. Yeah. Ah, oh, goddamn it. <laughs> Science so, did not help. <laughs> I mean, Stasiak is not the most interesting of wrestlers neck down he's a phenomenal wrestler 
to look at. <laughs> I mean, his high spots seem to be a lot of headlocks and then a sleeper hold spot, which lasts about 10 minutes. Rest hold, mate. He's, he's a cardio yeah. machine. <laughs> it's not great. You expect more from the young guy coming from the power plant, you know, had a shitty gimmick with WWF to come back to prove a point and he's, they've given him Kurt Hennig's gimmick yeah. that isn't their gimmick because WWF gimmick. You know? <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. And you're going to do sleeper holds and chin locks all fucking match. Like His his moveset is basically early Randy Orton. His moveset is early trainee, which Randy again, Orton, like hi- bad, hi- you know. highlights why he didn't get anything WWE. Okay, Stasiak, what do you got now? Uh, arm drag? <laughs> okay, what else you got? Headlock. Drop kick. <laughs> drop kick, yeah. What else you got? Did I say headlock? I do drop down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, it, it, it's okay. Henning is maybe at 20% of who he was a few months ago. Like, he's definitely not fully there no. at this point. But a simple, clean, good guy, bad guy match. Stasiak hits the perfect plex for the one, two, three. And I cry a little bit. And the perfect one, Sean Stasiak, beats one of my heroes. So. With his own move as put over on the commentary as well. Yeah, you can see what they're going for. They're trying to create like mini Mr. Perfect and create yeah. a new gimmick and use that, what they know works, to create a new star doesn't fucking work especially when you've got kurt henning there yeah that's the problem who could be mr perfect i do this again later in the night but we'll get to that in a minute so um anything else you want to say on this i think we've got our point across like you know oh basically it went so well for this that um in a couple of pay-per-views time stays second up teaming with chuck palombo oh is that where they go yeah okay yeah, so the perfect event we'll talk chuck about chuck later mm. <laughs> similar scenario anyway so the new a new blood locker room segment backstage it features features russo and steiner <laughs> it feces, feces. <laughs> pretty much and steiner gets touched by russo and he's like don't fucking touch me you prick basically and russo is like okay sir thank you sir <laughs> really glad this is live that's how i talk to police officers when i'm yeah. in trouble <laughs> yeah. thank you sir how are you sir have you had a nice day sir best you know? wishes kind regards <laughs> i was gonna tell a story that i no. probably shouldn't tell no. that story don't on the tell that story no <laughs> my parents might see this one day hi mom anyway so wcw united states heavyweight title match of scott steiner with Madeja and Shakira. Shakira, Shakira. <laughs> and, and Gerald Piquet. These hips don't fucking lie. <laughs> Not that Shakira, but oh my God, Madeja and Shakira. Fuck me, they look good at ringside. Like, uh, added loads. I can't remember which one it was that came out and she was really into it. It's like, yeah, I'm on TV. And the other one was like, what tramp? Madeja's the more enthusiastic one. No, no, the other way oh. around. The less tonally enthusiastic one. Well, the slightly prettier one, I would say. That means she's the one who's basically had a r- the rough life in the back. Uh, probably, yeah. <laughs> wow. That's a nice way of putting that. <laughs> Let's just skip over this. So Scott Steiner is our current US heavyweight champion. And he's wrestling Hugh Morris. Well. You're like, oh, That rubbish name given by Bischoff. Humorous. Yeah. Oh, clever. So, Hugh Morris. Humorous. Come, uh, makes his entrance uh, and perfectly still making his way to the back at the staging and I was like oh for fuck's sake uh, get out of the way the Dudleys want their ring gear back by the way <laughs> oh for sure yeah the uh, the camo tie-dye yeah. stuff whatever so um, Hugh Morris as we know him cuts this promo about his own name <laughs> like this is weird so yeah uh, the mi- misfits are in action at ringside ooh Chavo I didn't set it up this time but I thought I had to do it at least once that's good to see good to see Chavo make his way onto this and ruin this very reputable <laughs> show there. he's sitting in the fucking audience ruined get out anyway uh, I know I'm joking and you're not <laughs> it's okay so we're fucking Duff McKeegan <laughs> ringside in the orange dressing his Bam Bam from the Flintstones attire 
<laughs> Van Hammer looking yeah, at Tom yeah. McKeegan. Yeah, yeah, fucking brilliant. So um, the, the, the promo is basically, my name was silly and dumb, so I've got a new serious name, which is Huge Erection. Nice and serious. Great pun. Hilarious. You know, that makes me laugh every time. So, um, and he says, Captain Rection for short. And I'm like, that's not your fucking name. <laughs> also, which, where did he progress to become a captain? Yeah. He, Can he do that, Joey? <laughs> he becomes a general pretty fucking quickly. <laughs> yeah. Like, who gave you this promotion? Uh, <laughs> Major Guns did. <laughs> <laughs> She's a backstage interviewer at this point. Oh, oh. fucking hell. So, um, the best thing about this match is the fact that there's a ginger ref who is <laughs> yeah. just perfect as a referee like you want a nerdy looking ref because it makes the wrestlers look cooler right and he has the highest waistline i have ever seen on a pair of trousers it, the belt line must be covering his nipples i mean maybe he was just very much blessed with very long legs and a tiny upper body <laughs> his torso is like this big and his legs are like 20 times the length ah oh, fucking great it's good to see Ed Sheeran had work a while ago. <laughs> yeah, Ed Sheeran looks decent compared to this dude. He's tall and lanky and just like looks so uncomfortable. But he's quite a good referee. Yeah. He's getting involved. He's doing all the I've never seen him before. I don't know where this guy came from. I know. No idea. I don't from, think I've seen him again. From this match, I bet he was bullied backstage. <laughs> like uh, Shadow Steiner is not nice to this dude at all. Steiner's not nice to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. But no, he's a prick. Um, so Madeja and Shakira get in position to do their spot way too early. Uh, they end up going up the t- uh, steps and then have to take 10 steps back and go, um, and then come back up to do the spot where they, uh, what is it? They pushed um, Captain Rection off from yeah. hitting the moonsault. The No Laughing Matter, I think it used to be called. Yeah. But it's now called the, hang on, I wrote it down, the Raging Climax. Because dick puns. As opposed um, to the boner exploder. Yeah, he also does the move where Austin broke his neck, the sit-down tombstone thing. Yeah. And like, I never want to see people do that ever again. No. So dangerous. To be fair, I don't really want to see Bill DeMott in a ring. No, not at all. There, no no time have I ever sat back and gone, you know what I really want to go back and watch? Bill DeMott matches. <laughs> I remember watching I'd watch Charvo matches over fucking Bill DeMott. That's, that's not true. No, it's not true. Charvo <laughs> true. <laughs> so, I... I Okay, taking out all the WWE training PC stuff where he was a piece of shit to people and bullied people and all that sort of stuff. Um, I used to think he was kind of okay in that he would do... He's a big man that could do a moonsault uh, and had some high spots in his matches. And as a kid, that's all I really wanted to see. You know what I mean? But as an adult, watching it back, you're like, he's trash. He was dog shit. Really bad in the ring. How he got the head trainer role, I don't know. It's weird. Never had a gimmick that was over. Can't really talk very well. How did he get what? that job? Did you not see the same promo I did? <laughs> <laughs> it's a silly promo, but it didn't make me laugh. I want to be known by my my real name now, Dave. Puns, you know, <laughs> puns aren't funny. I'm going to be my Asian friend, Punting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just yeah, puns in general just don't do it for me. But anyway, so um, we get. Rection goes for the moonsault, uh, but Scott Steiner rolls away. Uh, Rection's foot smacks Steiner in the back of the head anyway. Steiner looks really fucking pissed off about this because he puts him in the Steiner recliner. Rection taps, and Steiner's just like, nah, we're staying here, and I'm going to crank on your neck for a few minutes to make my ego feel better about all this situation. Oh, fair play, Scotty Steiner. Two dickheads putting on a very forgettable match. 
Absolutely. Could not have summed it up better. So the Misfits in the, the Russo security brawl at ringside. Steiner won't let Rickson out of the Steiner recliner. Booker T in for the save. And yeah, we're still doing the Booker T. It's got Steiner thing, which lasts for like another year. It, it lasts the, until the close. It's the very last match, isn't it? Penultimate match because they have Flair oh, Sting to finish Flair Sting, it. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, because it's the first match on Nitro. Anyway, so... Um, it is trash, but like I don't mind the the booking of um, Booker coming in to, to take Steiner. Yeah, it progresses the storyline. Makes sense. Yeah, not not horrific. Like we we shit on a lot of the booking. This is reasonable. There's logic because it's going forward to the next night on Nitro. I bet Bischoff booked this. Yeah, not recently. Hands down. It feels like it, doesn't it? Hands down, Bischoff booking. There's not a low blow, so it can't be reset. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a match between two big lads. Steiner's going to go over because he's a champion because there's not credible threat. We've changed the gimmick and. There we go. Yeah. We've set up a couple of angles going forward. The gimmick stuff is all Russo. Yeah. But the actual booking of the match feels Bischoff. Very Bischoff. You know? Yeah. I wonder whether Steiner and Booker and Hugh Morris and I went like, we're just going to do whatever the fuck we want instead. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Canyon backstage with Mean Gene. Um, Who better than? Yeah. I never realized Canyon had a list before. Uh, yeah. I think that's the reason why he didn't do much in WWE because Vince found it hilarious, apparently. Right. Okay. Fair ha, he can't speak. He can't do a cut of promo either. This is bad. It wasn't great for poor Canyon. Yeah. Like, I can see why they're pushing him in that he's innovative. He's, he's quite big as a dude rather yeah. than steroid big. He's like physically big, like tall. Like he towers over Mean Gene here. Um, he always came across like a cruiser dude to me. Yeah. Like uh, my memory of him, a cruiser matches, but he's not. He's massive. I'd always get confused between him and Crowbar to start with oh. until you saw them side by side and you go, Flip, Canyon's huge. Yeah, much bigger than Crowbar. Ca- Canyon yeah. unfortunately suffered of being a wrestler in the late 90s, early 2000s for his, his own sort of preferences, his own lifestyle choices. And I think right. a lot of that was he felt he couldn't be himself because there was rumours going around that Canyon sadly took his life because he didn't want to he was worried about opening up about his sexuality all right okay was he gay or something that's what they the sort of general backstage some of the rest of the scene to say and it's a real shame that that's one of the reasons that that led to poor canyon's demise yeah that's fucked up that sucks man anyway um and then being in the professional wrestling business with a bunch of wankers like hugh morris and fucking scott steiner can you imagine yeah Yeah. you're not going to really be open about your sexuality at that time i guess no so you're having to live in your own shell. So it's nice times have changed a little bit for the good, you know? Hey, where were they going on Friday? <laughs> oh, the Super Showdown. Page, That's it. Uh... <laughs> With no mention of the country. <laughs> for sure. So Canyon finishes this promo by going, Paige has taught him to bust ass over kissing ass in his pretty generic promo. It's okay, but it's not bad. Who taught Norman Smiley to do what he does to the ass? <laughs> British legends, apparently, because <laughs> yeah. he is one of us. So uh, this is one hour into the show, and they've packed in a lot into this first hour, and a lot of wrestling. I was quite impressed, but then I also remembered that Nitro te- uh, WCW tend to do like 10 matches on a pay-per-view and try and fudge them all into three hours. So yeah. at this stage, I was like, okay, we're a few matches in, we're halfway, you know, a third of the way through pay-per-view, yeah, not too bad. Yeah. So, you know, couple Haven't of hated fast, it. fast openers, some different stuff going on, some some clean finishes, some, some bullshit after the matches, but man, okay, not bad. Better than anything we've seen in the last two chapters of this. Better than Raw. Well, as I alluded to on the lost episode, keep your eyes on WCW and WWE younger wrestling fans because what's happening to WWE now is ha- what happened to WCW. Go to three hours, mm. product suffers, people start turning off. Oh, there's an alternative. Oh, look, we've got a multi-million pound deal with a company who can drop us if our ratings drop below anything. Yeah. 
with Fox, obviously with SmackDown. Yeah. Yep. So after you mentioned this, when when you first mentioned it, the whole comparison to WCW at the end and WF now, WWE now, I was a bit like, nah, I think you're doing not doing them an injustice. They've got such a good income with with um, things like um, oh, what's it called, um, licensing and stuff. Yeah. WF do a really good job. WWE yeah. do a really good job of that. But yeah, there's a lot of comparisons. The more I watch this, the more I was like. Holy shit, there's lots of old boys in WWE right now that are kind of taking those top slots and not really letting the new talent come through. And when they have new talent, like Ricochet, like Tommy End, like all these other oh, people. Oh, Tommy End. They, like Shinsuke Nakamura, for fuck's sake. They had Shinsuke fucking Nakamura and they booked him into oblivion. Yeah. It's like. They had Rusev, who could have been the monster international heel. I, I remember when Rusev came out on the tank of WrestleMania. I mentioned this on the pod last yeah. week, so I'll say it again. When Rusev came out on the tank of WrestleMania, I was like, there you go. That, that's the man. That's the, that's the new Sheik. That's the new the anti Hogan guy, the anti top guy. Yeah. You, know? you, need, you, you need the bad guy in the main event. Here's the guy. He might hold the belt occasionally, yeah. but he's going to be the stepping stone to the. This is the guy. I was thinking 10 years as top heel in the company. Yeah. And they just booked him to shit. Yeah. They got Braun fucking Strowman just sitting there doing nothing every fucking week. <laughs> Maybe he refused to go to Saudi Arabia. Or that. No, sorry, no. I tell you, do you know what he did this week on Raw? Go on. He had an arm wrestling match with Bobby Lashley. <laughs> so back to the better show, WCW 2000. Oh. Do you ever think we'd say that? Fuck the me. WCW the... Slambury 2000 is better than Monday Night Raw every week. <laughs> the worst thing is it's true. <laughs> Especially when Brock cashes in on Kofi on Friday. Oh, God. So, <laughs> Oh, well, don't forget we've got Goldberg versus Undertaker in the main event on Friday. Because it's 2019. <laughs> the show's better than WrestleMania. <laughs> it may as well be 20 years ago. This is so weird. So uh, Chris Canyon versus Mike Awesome is up next. Um, generally quite a cool match second best match on the card right up there yeah what's your favorite match the opener oh okay good 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 yeah. so um awesome looks like a fucking star when he comes out like i know we joke about mike awesome a lot but when he comes out looking angry and serious as big and as hench and as fucking whatever that he is he, he should have been fucking huge Hang star on. Here. there was a big star who came out <laughs> and debuted against a big star and could have been pushed Hang on. Ooh, 19 years later. We've got some real... Hang on. Bro. Isabel. Yeah, oh. yeah, for sure. Good so, thing um, that you're going to become that 90s guy, Braun Strowman. <laughs> <laughs> so Awesome looks like a superstar. Canyon is also here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fast start, but the crowd are distracted by something in the crowd. I wonder whether there's a fight or someone yeah, stripping or something. Must be a fight. Yeah, probably a fight. We're or the strip Missouri, for the Champions so. League final. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Apparently, he's the, like, the missus of a YouTuber or something. Oh, really? Yeah, so that's what I did. It was a publicity stunt. And she, everyone keeps saying she's a streaker, a stripper, whatever. She was wearing a fucking swimming costume. Yeah. She's a swimmer. That's not, that's not streaking. She's a swimmer. <laughs> a swimmer is on the pitch. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> anyway, so Awesome does a suicide dive over the top rope to the outside. I'm like, holy shit. And the crowd just like, EC dub, EC dub. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty funny. And that's why Bischoff presses mute. <laughs> Vince Man's like, get rid of the audio. No one's allowed on TV anymore. Just me. I'm going to talk over everything. What's that? Sami Zayn says AEW and we're not going to give him a microphone anymore. <laughs> Surely that was... Uh set up that was approved you think mm, or they just booked him into oblivion again well they they booked him into oblivion but i think the backstage again as always you know you read all the dirt sheets slash online bits yeah half people are going oh it was a line that was was fed to him and the other people are like vince doesn't know what the product is until so it was in the script and vince didn't check it someone must have been prepping vince for what was coming 
You'd hope so. Yeah. Unless Triple H was like this going, Generico, come here. <laughs> when you're out there, mention AEW. Uh, oh, okay. by the way, and tell him what happened my fucking throw. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get back to WCW, but do you not think, you know the three faces of Foley? Do it with Generico. Yeah, for sure. Having come out as El Generico as a lovely, lovable face, you know, doing the Olays and everything else, and then have Sami Zayn come out afterwards and be like, that fucking Mexican piece of shit, you know? It would be fucking <laughs> hilarious to have him cutting promos on himself it. and such. Like, it'd be so I'd funny. Be all in. Yeah. But, you know, he needs to go to AEW to do that, so it will happen. I guarantee Steen and Generic are off. Yeah. Think about the Young Bucks and Adam Cole will be gone as well soon enough. Yeah, because, you know, when when your partner's working for a company and they... Uh, so, oh, you're, you're... Although... Matt int- Rushmore as well. Do you know this, PWG? Yes. So it's Steen, Adam Cole, the Young Bucks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so they've got history and... Quick side note, again, we will get back to WCW. Sat next to Stephanie McMahon at NXT, Britt Baker. Oh. In the crowd. Really? Yep. AEW employed Britt Baker. Yep. Weird. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why they let that happen. <gasps> Can you imagine Mike Awesome sitting up and fucking... Just... Well, no, probably because AEW did this going, oh, your husband slash boyfriend's going to win the belt. Is he? You want to go and watch? Of course he is. Oh, for sure. And then yeah. obviously WWE like, hang on, Adam Cole's missus. Do we know you? <laughs> Stephanie, go and, go and sit next to her and just be like women's empowerment. Oh, hold on, my neighbour's at my front door. I'm just going to put this into mission for two seconds. Anyway, so um, so basically, uh, let's just jump back into this match. Awesome, awesome, Canyon, Canyon. Yeah, pretty much. So there's some crazy high spots, brawl and weapons on the outside, big ECW chants from the front few rows. Commentators put over Powerbomb versus Powerbomb, Nash and Awesome. They even mention variations on the Powerbomb and the Liger Bomb and stuff. And it's like, you're showing knowledge and understanding of pro wrestling. Like, what is this? This is not WCW I'm used to. Who gave you notes? <laughs> It's is surreal. Bobby Heenan here? <laughs> Feels like it, you know. Feels like Bischoff has got the microphone to be like, say this, motherfuckers, you know. Yeah. Awesome's a lot, cost us a lot of money slash a lot of lawsuit money. Yeah, for sure. With a lot ECW of lawsuit money, stuff. a lot of legal fees. <laughs> Jesus. Especially with the chanting ECW at ringside. Uh, so Shivoni then calls an Alabama slam a variation on a power bomb, and I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> we were going so good. Oh, the Alabama bomb. <laughs> <laughs> then, oh my holy fuck, Awesome kills Canyon. He does the power bomb, but Canyon falls back too early. Like just like with um, who was it? It's Hardcore Holly and Bobby um, Brock Lesnar. Yeah, when Lesnar just dumps him on his fucking head, but it, it's worse. This is awful. This was the f- yeah. This is the moment when if you're a quality wrestler like AJ Styles, you look down, you see that person's not in position, and you don't fucking slam them. Yeah, like when AJ Styles went to do the thing to the who's the dude with multiple chins me <laughs> nah come on you know what i mean gone raw not really a wrestler oh uh, ellsworth ellsworth yeah when ellsworth tucked his chin on the stars clash yeah and aj's like oh no not gonna drop yeah. you you know like that's a good human being mike awesome's a piece of shit <laughs> fucking dumps him on his fucking head i've committed but yeah just horrific awful awful terrible awful. So uh, directly on his fucking head and neck, he's dead. Fuck. I was just like, no, let's just stop that. Like, end the show. He's dead. He's, he's not getting up from that. But he seems to be kind of okay. Which is insane. Again, neck bridges, neck bridges training wrestlers. Seriously. Because Absolutely. it will save your flipping life. For sure, man. So they tease an awesome bomb to the outside. And I'm like, please don't. Please don't. He's probably got a broken neck at this point. Please don't chuck him over the outside. But Awesome gives Canyon a brutal-looking German instead onto his neck. And you're like, for fuck's sake, lads, come on. 
So awesome uh, goes to Powerbomb Canyon on the ramp, and we get the woo, and Wolfpack music hits as Nash comes out. Uh, Nash comes out to make the save. Other new blood lads kind of run out to beat down Nash. Ref calls for the bell, assuming he's just thrown out the match because we don't really yeah. get a result here or anything. It's all out done. For sure. So the new blood are in the ring, beating everyone up and stuff. Uh, Millionaire's Club come out to join the brawl. So is Russo Security, who is obviously the trainee guys the power plant, yeah. just trying to get used to being on TV and such, um, which is an all right policy. Yeah, sensible idea. Not bad. But thankfully, Canyon looks okay. Uh, the Millionaire's Club stand tall in the ring at the end because obviously they have to because yeah. they're the Millionaire's Club. And what's good for Canyon is a case of, right, well, good. That's the only dangerous bump I've got to take this evening. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> so the video package for the next match is up, and it's absolutely fucking terrible. Like, we really ruined what we were doing earlier with the good stuff. Yeah. There's these weird soft focus bits. Like, it, there's weird voiceovers that don't quite sync up with each other and such. We've it's, got an editing suite. <laughs> yeah. They, they gave the guy the junior editor this one, I think. You know, like, it really was not up to scratch. Even WCW standards are pretty low, but this one's not even close. This this, this was like school project. This was, oh my God, what did we forget? Yeah. Oh shit, 10 hours, 10 minutes before the show starts. Whip this together quickly. <laughs> so uh, Russo in this property, Russo, in, sorry, in this package, Russo calls Liz his property, like Miss Elizabeth. Uh, Russo has Liz on a leash at one point. I'm like, oh, this has got uncomfortable. Yeah, Savage's gimmick. What's that? <laughs> Oh <laughs> shit! Okay, that's what you said. <laughs> She's not in the not in the closet. So, you know. so our new blood security <laughs> dudes, Mace Lex as well. So I don't know where this is going, but it's what it is. So we get a secondary backstage segment where Russo is a twat to Liz. Russo says, "Wait till you see this," and we cut to the match. And then she showed him Captain Erection. <laughs> <laughs> so we get Buff Bagwell versus the Total Package, Lex Luger, as I'm going to call him here. Uh, Lex has cut his hair. Yeah, well, you know short hair Lex Luger I think it was good definitely better than long hair Lex Luger for sure his gimmick here is fucking terrible yeah I'm coming out my sports clothes why why does he constantly forget his gear why does he come out like this like he's the total package creative control big muscly dude why is he coming out all covered up uh bad bad fake tanning experience you can you can see the logic in that it's we'll come out with this and I'll rip my clothes off and everyone will be like wow but this, it doesn't work no and he's still there with buff yeah. who's also pretty well put together. Pretty hench, you know, especially at this time. You yeah. know, Luger's on the way down and Buff's on the way up pretty much, and well, for like a year. But like, <laughs> yeah, it's what it is. American males, American, American males. Ma- that would have been better than his later gimmicks, but anyway. So um, Lex has forgotten his ring gear again, rips off the da-da-da. Bag- Bagwell loves his pyro. Yeah. He's humping the floor. He's doing this. <laughs> this Who is going off. <laughs> Against 2000, Lugs hat. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He absolutely loves it. Uh, so Ginger Ref is back, and I'm like, yay! yay! <laughs> uh, lots of bullshit posed down stuff between the two. The match is pretty crummy. Uh, they even bail out to the outside to waste some time and do some walk and brawl. Oh, it's dog shit. Really bad, isn't it? Like, yeah. every time, every moment, you're just like, oh, you're just wasting time trying to get to the end. Do your five minutes. You it's know? purely a case of New Blood, Millionaire's Club, who have we got left? Oh, Bagwell and Luger. Absolutely, yeah. So, a uh, really long headlock spot as well. Bagwell doing it to Lex, so Lex can do his hulking up bit at the end. Sean stays there. It was like, you stole my move, motherfucker. It's <laughs> <laughs> my high spot. <laughs> so, um, Bagwell does the shittiest Steiner recline I've ever seen in my life. Scotty will not be happy. Uh, they randomly cut backstage during the match to Liz escaping from Vince Russo. And this leads to the end of this match. So, uh, Liz has a baseball bat because Vince Russo only knows one thing. 
or two things, baseball bats and low blows. Uh, Shivoni uh, goes, she's got the baseball bat that she's known to hit people with. And I'm like, that's Sting, motherfucker. Not no, fucking Miss that's Elizabeth. her husband, Randy Savage. <laughs> well, it's fucking everyone else in the show apart from Liz is the people with the baseball bats, you know? And also, logic, I've been held as a prisoner. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to run towards my captor. Yeah, with the baseball bat. Um, I'm going to go to law <laughs> enforcement and say, hello, I've been held against my will. <laughs> So uh, Bagwell strips the baseball bat from Liz as soon as she gets down to ringside, uses it on Lex, Russo's go-to spot. Uh, Liz has another baseball bat and whacks Bagwell with it. Like, where the fuck did she get this other baseball bat from? Pretty long heels. <laughs> She's hiding it in yeah. her heels. Okay, fair enough. Uh, get the rack and Bagwell quits and Lex Hang on, wait, wins. Wait, Kim wasn't there? <laughs> Torture rack. Oh, sorry. And Lex wins the match. So Lex celebrates with Liz afterwards. But here comes chuck palumbo hey chucky p for some reason palumbo is wearing lex's gear you're like didn't we do this gimmick <laughs> earlier <laughs> so what were we talking about earlier with yeah. um sean stasiak and mr perfect where they're doing the yeah you're the new mr perfect with palumbo <laughs> doing just chuck palumbo is the new total package i love the fact that with poor palumbo that he had a great tag team with sean o'hare and they were like oh sean o'hare is really good no, 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 no. We're a good tag team. Sean O'Hare is really good. No. You you can tag with Billy Gunn, which was funny. But then they did this. Oh, we're going to do Chuck Palumbo. I'll give him Undertaker's motorbike gimmick. <laughs> which was insane. So I always like Chuck Palumbo for one thing. I can't remember where I heard about this. But it was JBL apparently came up to Chuck Palumbo when they did the whole WCWS yeah. came across. And tried to bully Palumbo. And Palumbo went, all right, outside now. <laughs> yeah. And JBL went... Sorry, mate. Like a pussy out straight away in front of the whole locker room. I also like Chuck Palumbo because like, did you I know? Like did you know that he did like a, a like a, an exhibit pimp my ride sort of thing with cars? Really? He, he had like a car garage and it was on like Discovery, oh. and they got old cars and did them all up. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah fair enough. So, um, not Ch- bikes though. So you know he's a prick. <laughs> Wait, I think you mean the other way around, right? <laughs> I think we're talking bicycles. <laughs> So Chuck puts Lex in the torture rack with some assistance from Bagwell because he can't quite get him up. Uh, Bagwell carries Liz to the back. And I'm like, women are not possessions. When are we going to learn this? (laughs) See Russo's leash earlier. Exactly. Um, In fairness, again, this is the same time that Trish was barking like a dog. Yeah, for sure. Like, the WWF are not innocent of this stuff. But it's bad. If you look back at some WWE stuff now as well, in modern day, it really doesn't age well. Although, as I said, it does still just lead to the best bit of Paul Heyman's debut commentary on Raw when Vince was in the ring with Trish. No headset to control him. Mom, I'm going to go to New York and I'm going to get to see Bush. It's a good line. Oh, yes, Heyman. (laughs) Um... You can see what they're going with, Chuck Palumbo and Sean Stasiak and stuff, but it doesn't work. No, not at all. No. So Good, good thing Mike Jindrak wasn't on this card. Who's Mike Jindrak? <laughs> the guy who was going to be in Evolution instead of Big Dave. Oh, I don't know who that is. He's another one of the Power Plant boys. Brother of Sean or? Mm, no. Jindrak. Oh, I don't know. I'm getting confused. Anyway. I think you're thinking footballer for Chris Parrish. <laughs> Jindrak. I've got lost in the last names of Palumbo, Jindrak, and O'Hara, oh, yeah. and all this yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah, it's all good. So, uh, sp- speaking of things that don't work, we've got Shane Douglas Yay! doing a promo with me and Gene. What's happened to Shane Douglas promo guy? Because this is fucking terrible. Uh, phoning it in. It used to be amazing. And ECW and such, like, it was really good. I-, I think Dean Douglas killed his spirit to cut a po- <laughs> promo. Well, after seeing his acting in in the, the zombie <laughs> pro wrestlers movie we did, which has got like 
fucking 200 views now. It's crazy. Like, I did not expect that to get any views. Yep. That's what happens when I'm not on the pod, the one of the most <laughs> highest viewed shows. I'm not even <laughs> flipping on it. <laughs> anyway, so, um, <laughs> nicely put across. Well, anyway, shit, sack him. <laughs> it's not your fault. It's just, I think it's because, um, Cody Knotts, the director, like, yeah. tweeted his and commented on YouTube and stuff. So, I'm assuming some people that know him decided to listen to this and really enjoyed it. Uh, most people seem uh, we shat all over his movie. Like I really enjoyed the elements of it. Yeah. But it was terrible. And I said so on the podcast. And he appreciates honesty. He's and probably he was, surrounded by a lot of yes men who said this movie's yeah. great. Oh, I doubt that, but like you know, he, <laughs> he was really cool about it. And I think uh, I think everyone can appreciate our honesty on this pod, yeah. you know. Uh it's just it's all pants. Like I've I've never made a movie that long. Yeah. I <laughs> think <laughs> movies that are better. But like, you know, China's made a movie longer than that. <laughs> Should have said Baldwin. I wish I could be like, no, it wasn't. It was only five minutes, but I haven't seen it. So thank God. I would never watch that. You have. So uh, Shane, Shane Douglas I w- cuts I watch a promo all the WWE. Shut up. <laughs> so, Shane Douglas cuts a promo with me and Gina. He craps on Ric Flair. Uh, it's just bad. What is this shit is all I've put here. It just it, That's the thing though at this time. Douglas was like, Ric Flair, shit, NWA, shit, 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 Ric Flair, shit. Yeah. Repeat. Yeah, pretty oh, much. Hello, WWE. It's like because he can't go cut the fucking music. Yeah. It's like it's just forgotten how to cut a promo completely. It's weird. It's, it's I don't know. He never really got it back either. No, that, that was it. His WWE run killed him off. Yeah, for sure. So next up, we've got Ric Flair versus the franchise Shane Douglas. Should have been a money match. Yeah. Flair does not give a fuck, does he? Not at all. So Douglas cuts another promo once he's in the ring. It's pretty bad again. Uh, Flair makes his entrance in slacks and a t-shirt. Woo. And like, he just doesn't care. He's not even wearing ring gear anymore. Like, just, just not give a fuck at all. So Flair cuts a promo shitting on Douglas. Uh, calls Douglas a dipshit and says, I'm going to kick your ECW ass, pal. <laughs> like He has a vendetta against anything ECW. Yeah, uh, rightly so. Mm, I don't know about that, but... He's Ric Flair. He could do what he wants. He's a rap icon. You would have thought he they'd talk about the whole, you know, the Harley races, the Ric Flairs, they can all kiss my ass, yeah. but they don't use it at all. Probably because WWE owns the tape library. <laughs> <laughs> at this time, ECW is still around, so... Yeah, but Heyman was still on the payroll. But you you could talk about it, yeah, I openly without saying ECW or whatever. You could be when you won the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship because obviously the NWA yeah. WCW that's fine. You know, you you crapped on me, you shit on my legacy. It's an easy story to tell. They'd never fucking do it. That involves a degree of creative. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to creative in wrestling? <laughs> oh, uh, hang they, on, it they, went to AW. <laughs> they became script writers who don't understand story apparently. Yeah. Weird, isn't it? So anyway, they do a Ric Flair match. It's it's literally Word. is the standard Ric Flair yeah. match. There's nothing else to it. It's it's not even a good solid Ric Flair match with the high spots and stuff. This is Ric Flair not overly confident his own body image and doesn't want to be in WCW but taking the paycheck. Feels like it, doesn't it? And also probably feels a debt of gratitude to WCW of if I'm here I've got it legitimizes this promotion. If I'm not here, then I'm leaving poor sting. For sure, yeah. So Rick ends up just abusing Shane Douglas's dick over and over and over in this match. Uh, Flair goes to the uh, lock in the figure four. A person in Sting cosplay gives Rick Flair a light tap with a bat. Bagwell is out as well, just to kind of cause a distraction or whatever. Douglas covers Rick Flair for the one, two, three. And you're like, what? There's one sloppy bat shot. No. Because Vince no, no, Russo no, no, only no. knows two things. Again, the same fucking finish. 
He even did low blows all the way through the match. Well, it's it's Russo's booking main event. He's got to have both spots in. How many times can you see someone get punched in the dick or hit with a baseball bat and be like, I've seen it. I've seen it at least 10 times on this show. Also, how much money must they spend on fucking ball bats? <laughs> but like every single show we've done, yeah. every match has been this. Anyway, so uh, commentary just keeps saying that Russo is under the Sting, Sting cosplay. Uh, Flair is now on the mic going, Russo, Russo, you're not going anywhere. Oh, because the whole idea is of, of the rule of this, which we didn't cover, is that if Russo interferes, that Flair gets five minutes with Russo in the ring. That's the idea, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, it's not talked about anywhere on, no. this pod, on this show, sorry, but it was on one of the Nitros before, Thunder yeah. before, or whatever. So Lex, back, Lex is back out to chuck Sting cosplay guy into the ring with Rick. Russo then comes out and you're like, oh, it's not Russo. Oh my God, it's Rick Rude. It's Rick Rude. (laughs) (laughs) The masked man from Halloween Havoc. Uh, So he hits, uh, Russo hits Lex with the baseball bat. Uh, Sting cosplay guy smashes a statue of the um, Statue of Liberty, Liberty. a model of the Statue of Liberty, sorry, over Ric Flair. Uh, Sting cosplay unveils himself to be... David Flair! Yeah, who we kind of all knew it was the second he came out because the whole wig's kind of peeled back. <laughs> you can see it's David. But anyway, uh, Russo goes, start the clock. And the five minutes begin with Russo and Flair. So Russo and David attack Flair, doing embarrassing stuff. Russo does crotch chops over and over again because he thinks he's cool or something. No, because he wrote DX. He created DX. Oh, of course he And did. Steve Austin. Yeah, yeah. He created The yeah. Rock. He created yeah, Austin. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So... Woo! Not that woo. It's the Wolfpack music again. And it's just fucking the coolest music ever. Nash is back out because apparently this is all Kevin Nash does now is just come and save his friends. Not the whole Millionaire's Club. Just Nash. No. Just yeah. Nash needs to do this, you know. But um, out of fucking nowhere, Daff has arrived. So I'm like, Daphne, yeah. In a pink wig and a top that says, I love David. And you're like, I like this little gimmick of her being like, you know, in this weird relationship with David Flair and like always know. enjoyed Daphne's work even when she went over to TNA with her yeah. stuff with Raven as well uh, shame the lawsuit happened with TNA so she couldn't carry on for sure but well, she had the neck injury and yeah. everything you know? and then they did this oh Rosemary that'll do us Daphne yeah it's close enough you know yeah. <laughs> uh, haven't seen anything from Daphne in a long time now no me neither. Uh, it's been out of the business for a while I think Anyway, so Russo, David, Flair, and Daffers celebrate at the end and walk to the back. And it's, it's, they don't do the five minutes thing, really. It only lasts a minute or two. But it is what it is. Yeah, time constraints. Yeah, probably they're not going to pay this off at any point. Why, but, bo- why bother having a gimmick? I don't fucking care. I'm never watching this again. <laughs> so it's like, it's what it is. So next up, we get a video package of Sting and Vampiro. Again, a bit better this time. Like They put some time and effort yeah. into this video package because it's a few that have been building up for a long time. So lots of footage. Finally though. some footage. Yeah, for sure. That back backlot brawl at the start of Nitro last time. Oh, I've hit him. Oh, that was bad, wasn't bam, it? Bam, bam, yeah. walking past. <laughs> that was good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, promo voiceover. They do all the carry spots with the blood coming down from the ceiling. Uh, <laughs> walking about <laughs> graveyards. <laughs> what? carry spot very nice well, it is you know it's the same thing <laughs> so there's lots of uh vamp is the anti-sting talk and i'm like oh the anti-santa <laughs> anyway uh so next up we've got sting versus vampiro um not bad no could okay. have I, I i was expecting more yeah when i heard these two guys are feuding to start with in this this trilogy we were yeah. doing i was quite excited didn't really pay it off at all no very disappointed by the whole thing this is the payoff match and it's, yeah. it's 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 reasonable but it's not what you want it to do no it doesn't do what you want it to do sorry. it doesn't elevate vampiro to level it needs and it doesn't make sting look like the dominant top 
babyface. No. So Vampiro is waiting for Sting on the entrance ramp, and you're like, okay, for a hot yep. start. Um, but it's it's pretty crap. It just kind of comes out, and they just start doing fighting, and it's okay. Um, Sting enters. They walk and brawl. Uh, Sting does all the high spots, diving off the top turnbuckle to the outside, for example, which is pretty cool. Um, commentators chat about how this is the best Sting there has ever been. They clearly don't watch much uh, WWE or <laughs> WCW or NWA. Oh, Surfer sure. Sting? Yeah, he's not there, is he? Any Sting. Well, I, I like um, Crow Sting, but not yeah. in this feud. No, it's, it really wasn't his best, was it? Let's no, be honest. Sting has had some great matches. He also had some fucking terrible matches. Like yeah. botching the, the finish against Hulk Hogan with the big comeback, you know? Yeah. Like, I'll never forget that botch. But this is the thing. So, you know, Sting was a staple of WCW. Yeah. And while we're talking about this as this is the end of the trilogy, I'm not sure we're next going to see a, a Sting match. Yeah, Sting is the ultimate good guy for WCW. Sting is the ultimate good guy for WCW. But was he ever all that? I can't, again, um, because... But in the same way, is John Cena all that? John Cena drew... I mean, this thing, John Cena drew and still continues to draw a lot of money. Mm. And I know that's not necessarily the, the be-all and end-all in wrestling. But you look as we you said. Could, you could say it is the be all and end all of wrestling. Well, I'm just trying to sort of cast cast a wide net here. But yeah, yeah. John Cena's not great in the ring, but he's had a lot of memorable feuds. Yeah, John Cena's made a lot of money. So and John, Sting. But was Sting ever mainstream? Yeah, absolutely. Sting was always the very top guy for WCW. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He he was, but he's the face. but for the non wrestling audience. Because John Cena, The Rock, Hogan... That's a fair point. He never really got outside of wrestling, did he? Well, that's that's what I'm saying. Did did he ever main catapult WCW into the mainstream? Because when they were having the big feuds of Hogan, who was teaming with Rodman and Malone? It wasn't Sting, because yeah. he wouldn't have fitted his character. DDP had more name value in the mainstream than Sting did. But you could say the Hulk Hogan heel turn, which is the most important thing for WCW to survive in the NWO... Mm works because you have Sting as the face. Yeah, but then Sting was out for the whole year, hiding in the Crow, building up the Crow character. But you were still always building to Sting coming back to fight. Oh, no, but but that's the thing. But I'm not denying that he was the focal point of WCW because he was. I'm just saying everyone always raves about Sting. Sting. Yeah, saying that he's, he's one of the greatest of all time. But would have the Sting character been a more of a mainstream appeal had it been in WWE of their marketing engine oh, behind definitely. him? Yeah. Or do you think it would fall by the wayside because he would have just been fed to the Undertaker? Well, that's the thing. If if they'd have booked Sting in as a top guy, he would obviously been a much bigger star in WWE. Yeah. WF, whatever. But they wouldn't have booked him like that. They would have booked him like a piece of shit. Because <laughs> he's a WCW guy. Final Sting-based comment. Are you ready for a bold prediction? Which we'll remember, episode 36 of the World of Wrestling podcast... On Friday, in the Super Showdown, yep. in the unnamed country and all the commentary stuff for WWE, we have Goldberg versus Undertaker. Sting is very much retired. Yeah. I guarantee in the next two years of these Saudi shows, you're going to get Sting Undertaker. Yeah, it feels like it. It's, it's easy money. They're, yeah. they're going to pay you a million or two to come do the show. I do an fucking entr- do it. Do an entrance. Undertaker will bump you a few, a few times. Yeah. Eat a chokeslam. Or, or so you don't have to bump. Hell's Gate. Mm. Done. Am I going to watch it? No, I'm disgusted by the idea of the Saudi shows. If I was a pro wrestler and I was... I'm, I was going to use the word washed up. That's not really the way to put it. Retired, I think, is a better way of putting it. And someone goes to me, 
give you a million pounds if you come do one match in Saudi Arabia. You get a holiday. I'd be like, yeah, okay. I'll do that. I could use another house. <laughs> you know, why not? The, this is the thing um, on the on the Saudi shows, and you know, obviously, slightly dubious territory. WCW, they went to North Korea once, so this is why we can talk about people going to odd lands, different times, different circumstances. But yes, yeah. okay. I would at the drop of hat if someone said to me, "Here's half a million, come and do a five minute match." Yeah, I'd be on the plane. Yeah, as big half a million, I'd be like, oh, "I think you could do better than that." <laughs> With the Saudi money involved. I'm tax freaking Williams. I'll take half a million. <laughs> I get to fly business, right? Yeah, yeah for sure. But, but anyway, back to WCW. I said, yeah, I, Sting is great and one is the reason WCW had... It, him and Flair the reason why they had their level of purity for so long. Yeah. Um, without Sting and Flair, WCW would have folded after the NWO had its initial spark. They tried to drag it through. Sting, not as good as I think people make him out to be. I, Rick, I agree with you. Yeah, Rick Flair sure. made Sting. Mm. Ric Flair got the best out of Sting. Outside of his matches with Flair, I can't think of any other good Sting matches that I go, oh, that would be in like my top 10 matches I really want to watch. Yeah, I would say he always had was working against the grain. And then he always had to work with the likes of Hogan and Goldberg and people like this. Yeah. Not really guys you can put like good quality long matches with at this time I suppose time Sting period, stuff with know? Vader in when he was surface skits. Sting For was sure. all right. Really, really good. Love that era, that era of Sting. But boom era. Um, I would say the one thing with Sting is that he's a hell of a promo. Yeah. He's a really easily lovable face. And that's a difficult thing to be in pro wrestling, yeah. to be a, someone who is constantly adored. Even when he did the little heel turn with the, the NWO stuff, he still got cheered. Yeah. You know, he's like, he's always been a positive role model sort of thing, you know? If you were going to have your like, Mount Rushmore of wrestlers and you had one spot left for either Sting or Bret Hart, who would you have? Well, uh, for me, it's Bret Hart because I watched more of his stuff is more influential to me personally. If we're doing it in terms of uh, he drew the most money and such, it's probably Sting. Oh, interesting. I'm not sure. That's a difficult one. Like, I, I I was thinking about this recently about who would be my top four. It's very difficult. Yeah. I think it's Chavo. <laughs> Shawn Michaels has to be there, just because the quality of the work. Um, uh, for me, it's it's dumb indie guys basically like Brian Danielson, <laughs> you know, and oh god, it's, uh, Ken Kabashi would have to be there. One more. I definitely wouldn't give it to Sting or Brett. Yeah. Probably the, probably Austin or Rock. Yeah. But if you think Brett involved in Montreal Screwjob, which potentially still could have been the biggest work of all time. I think it is. And But then you, you say <laughs> who drew more money. Brett being involved in that Screwjob drew more money long term by him being okay. not technically involved in it than okay. Sting ever drew. I get that, yeah. Are you saying that Brett Hart is responsible for the Attitude Era? No, Vince Russo is responsible for <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So, back to the Vampiro Sting match. Uh, the commentary keep putting over, you'll love this, The Vampiro is a dark angel. And I'm like, he's not even green. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Nerds, ahoy. How you doing? So, uh, random- More crusher. <laughs> random low blow by Sting, because obviously we have to have a low blow in every fucking match. Brett's wrote power bomb by Sting. Holy fucking shit, Sting pulling out of the high spots. That was <clears> fucking <throat> awesome. Name a rope after Brett Hart, not Sting. Don't say, oh, there's Sting's rope. Definitely not. 
definitely not it's brett's rope <laughs> it will always be brett's rope <laughs> so sting uses the pipe uh stinger splash with the pipe scorpion death drop times two for the one two three and your winner is the stinger nice clean finish yeah absolutely <laughs> so uh sting wanders back to crack uh crack vampire with the pipe again <laughs> that was the other guy <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just for no reason, he just walks in and cracks Vampiro over the head with the pipe, and you're like, that's not very hero-y of Sting, but... It's the end of the feud. Yeah, for sure. Muhammad Hassan. <laughs> Hopefully it's the end of the feud. What's the Muhammad Hassan bit about? Because when The Undertaker killed Muhammad Hassan... Oh, okay. TV. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. <laughs> um, This feud, it just... The match is okay. It's It's them doing big high spots and... You the, know, trying to get the feud over how serious it is and how they were once friends and now they're not. And uh, but it's, it's just crap. Didn't live up to the hype. No, it really doesn't, does it? And considering already in the show we've had fake Kurt Henning, fake Lex Luger, and now you've got a guy who walks around in face paint looking dark and broody. It's fake Sting. Yeah. You know, we've got three new guys. No, that was David Flair. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the whole thing. They're trying to do David as Rick as well. Yeah. So all across the board, they're trying to do the same fucking thing with people. Yeah. It's like, get some fucking original ideas for once, you know? That's yeah, bullshit. So DDP and Arquette backstage with Mike Tanay, and you're like, you've got Mean Gene. What the fuck's this guy doing here? <laughs> Hang on, he's not on commentary. Big mistake. Big, big mistake. So Russo's gear. Uh, not Russo. Arquette's gear. I mean, the Flying Elvises wore stuff like this, didn't they? And TNA and like the, the Young Assassins, they mm. wore this as well. You mentioned that his gear changed for this particular episode. It's... It's... <laughs> Arquette goes... I know I look good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you fucking don't. Best line of his wrestling career, that. It's pretty funny. I got a big yeah. pop from me, actually. I was genuinely, I was annoyed that I had to watch this show by this point because I was just like, I've had enough. But especially at the time you were watching this, you're probably going, fuck New Japan's on. For sure. Like, I haven't watched NXT. I haven't watched New Japan. I haven't watched shit. Yeah, in, in, in your face, listeners and watchers. <laughs> we watch this over good wrestling. So, uh, Rus- uh, I keep saying Russo because I've written Russo, but Arquette has got red and white and gold flame outfit like it's a red sparkly yeah. outfit it's fucking abysmal it's like the honky tonk man but without a back piece yeah and everything i was saying well that's actually yeah it really is so um from all the nice things i was saying about how this is different to nitro everyone drinks as we get a segment of, ba- of nash wandering around backstage aimlessly looking for russo you're like great you have to throw one in somewhere someone walking around in the corridors backstage that was actually probably just an outtake from nitro <laughs> they just forgot to cut it completely. that wasn't actually the kemper center at all kemper I, arena i wonder what they're doing with nash and whether this is going to have a payoff i bet it fucking doesn't doesn't no good stuff so kidman tory bischoff and kimberly all backstage with tanae and i'm like where the fuck is mean gene is he taking a shit or something who <laughs> decide like, just get tanae in there it'll be fine we're live uh, they say they're going to win. I really love that. Where's Mean Gene? Oh, he's having a poo. <laughs> Quick, get Mike today. <laughs> hey, we're just on reserve, ready to go. Gene, how long are you going to be? Oh, a bit backed up. Okay, <laughs> quick, get today, and we've got you covered. And she's like, who am I interviewing? <laughs> David Arquette. Ah, fuck it, get today. He'll be fine. Anyway, so uh, Bischoff has the zebras on, and he's the special guest referee for our next match, which is the climax of this trilogy. Billy Kidman with Tori Wilson versus Hulk Hogan with Horace Hogan. <laughs> like, Kidman got the better end of the stick yeah. with valets on this one. Although everyone got the better end of the stick with Tori Wilson. Hey. Allegedly. Huge I never heard about her being like a, a, a whore or whatever, sleeping around with the boys and stuff. I no, but I, I think Kidman was just paranoid. 
Um, I would have been. If I looked like Kidman and I was married to Tori Wilson, I'd be paranoid all the time. It's like, I want to give like uh, women as much opportunity in pro wrestling as dudes or whatever, but yeah. like, oh my lord, like having Tori Wilson and Kimberly out for this, you're just like, Jesus Christ, these women look amazing. Stunning, beautiful women. Yeah. So, um, Horace is out with Hogan. As you Stunning, say. beautiful man. <laughs> Which is the other end of the scale. Yeah. Uh, Bischoff's- He's American made. <laughs> It's that music they it's come out to. It's a red bottom And that, wa- that, that was his uh, new blood music. <laughs> Is that literally what they used? Yeah. Wow, that's just... He's not even wearing red and yellow. Just going to put the chord progression slightly altered so Jim Johnson can't sue us. <laughs> so Bischoff sends Horace to the back immediately and I'm like, that's a nice payday. Like, walk to the ring, walk to the back, get paid half a million. In dub fairness... Dub C-dub, dub C-dub. Fair play to uh, Eric Bischoff using the rules. Yep. Uh, he can eject people if he wants. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the referee can do what he wants. So Hogan chases Kidman to start. Hogan going for big power spots as Kidman does nice speed, time, technical reversals. Yeah. It's like a nice story. Like, it makes sense. Uh, big, strong, and slow versus small, fast, technical-ish. He's no fucking Dean Malenko, but yeah. like, you know, he's, he's doing okay stuff. He's doing like headlock takeovers and shit. He's doing all right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So Hogan does the st- strap spot, and I'd have to say this because he's got the strap out, and I'm like, yappa bye. <laughs> Just every time it makes me laugh. Um, and should be disqualified. Oh, for sure, yeah. But, well, no, relaxed rules and such. But Booker T doing an axe kick gets you disqualified. But Hulk Hogan using his strap to whip people, not a disqualification. Racism. Pretty much, man. So uh, Bischoff takes the strap off Hogan, ends up handing it to Kidman so he can do Hogan's spot, which is quite funny. You yeah. Know? It's okay. Uh, genuinely, this is quite a fast-paced match. Hogan not letting up. Like, whenever they go to do, bails him to the outside or does a spot, he immediately picks him back up and continues to do it. You know? Yeah. Hogan wrestling a different style. Very unusual. This is not a Hogan match at all. And we've already said this so far on this pod, so we've had Meat being the new Mr. Perfect. It's great to see Kidman's going to be the new Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking great. <laughs> so uh, then Ref, Ref Bischoff does shenanigans and all this sort of bullshit. Uh, Bischoff won't count the pinfall for Hogan. Bischoff and Hogan are genuinely funny at times. Where Hogan comes up to Bischoff and he's like, I've got the stripes. He's like, I order, I order. And Bischoff is like, but I've got the stripes. <laughs> and it's like, what? <laughs> Me? Bish- I, I, I know I'm probably more biased now because I listen to 83 Weeks a lot. And I really like listening to Bischoff talk. Yeah. But he's really good. Yeah, very good. G- great really character. Good really yeah. good on screen. Like, can kind of put wrestling stuff together as well. Yeah. Like when he has to take a bump or he... He'll do it. Yeah, he's okay. Not bad at all. I enjoyed his WWE run as well when he came in. Yeah, for sure. I'm back. Like, just the moment that hit, I was like, oh, okay, here we go. This is going to be fun. Great lyric. And again, just shows the entrance makes the wrestler. I think he'd be a very good heel on-screen character for AEW. Yeah. You know, he can come out and be like, I'm the guy that beat Vince, not you guys, you know, all this but, sort of shit. Yeah, Jericho can say, I, d- I don't think they need, I mean, again, we digress a little bit. AW don't need to go for the old guys. They need to look for the new guys. Oh, I agree with that. They need to attitude error it. But you mentioned, you mentioned Jericho. Think about the history with Bischoff and Jericho. Yeah. You could play off that, like, so quickly. Like, I would love to see Bischoff involved a little bit. Not creatively, not business-wise, just as a character. I can imagine what would have the first... Okay, Eric, we'd like to bring you on. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, and Hulk's available too. Uh... <laughs> and Hulk's like, I've got Jimmy Hart available. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Have you seen Sags and Knobs anywhere? They're looking pretty good. Brutus? <laughs> like, we've got him. Orlando Jordan can come fame. in as well. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Chris Masters? 
Um, so we get a bit of a walk and brawl in the match. Bischoff stops Hogan from dropping the leg, and you're like, oh, he stopped his finish. Hogan drops Bischoff with a big punch, uh, drops the leg, but there's no referee to oh, count no. the pinfall. And Bischoff uh, in with a chair now. Hogan reverses and hits both Bischoff and Kidman with the chair. Should disqualify. Yeah, for sure, but anyway. Uh, Hogan does his best to set up the tables in the ring, <laughs> but the legs on one of them are fucked, so he just kind of props it against the ropes and doesn't use it. Hogan focuses on Bischoff. Kidman hits Hogan with the chair shot. One, two, Hogan oh, kicks out. Who would have seen that coming? For sure. It's like the slowest count ever because Hogan has to like, kick out from like 10 falls apparently yeah. to make him look good. Uh, Hogan power bombs Bischoff through the table after gaining the advantage again. Bischoff takes a hell of a yeah. bump. Like it's actually quite good. Like when Nash power bombed him at Bash at the Beach when they first debuted and yeah. like, Bischoff just went flying through it. There was one thought about this. It's like, have we got enough people doing power bombs on the show? Yeah. Nash, awesome. Hogan. Like, they all do powerbomb spots. Like, Candido does a powerbomb off the top, but he doesn't do it. It's here, a new but... low blow. You know what, bro? Powerbomb. <laughs> it's the 2018 one man Spanish fly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fucking Spanish fly. <laughs> Every fucking match in any indie promotion. Spanish fly, Spanish fly, Spanish Not fly. Even indie promotion. Every promotion. <laughs> oh, it's true. Hey, yeah. when I'm at Wrestling 4 on Friday, should I try a Spanish fly? <laughs> <Do> a Spanish <laughs> fly. <laughs> in a battle royal. You gotta you got say it's an awesome spot, but like, and so many people are doing it. It's lost all momentum. I'm gonna do it to Sunny G on commentary. <laughs> 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 like a rolling version yeah, like two yeah. old men you know <laughs> can someone help me up <laughs> so hogan power bombs bischoff through the table hogan attempts to put another table in the ring because it gets it trapped between the ring skirt and the bottom rope but doesn't know what to do it takes like a minute and he's going wait it, it won't go through what's happening <laughs> and one of the camera guys is like just move the fucking ring skirt and pulls it down for him it's fucking hilarious um so kidman low blows hogan at least the fifth low blow match with a low blow in it awful yeah really terrible uh big hogan chance from the crowd he is super over let's be honest yeah. you know um kidman misses a splash through the table goes through the table himself hogan covers kidman horace hogan back out to grab bischoff's hand to count the one two three and hulk hogan never put over billy kidman ever oh hogan you made that kid what's the point this is the thing the bishop's like oh yeah hogan even put off bit put pull off <laughs> pulled him off backstage <laughs> definitely pulled off kidman but he never put kidman over in ne this whole fucking feud now the good thing is granted this was our trilogy because this was like the big run up and this was the big blow off match they had one further match okay at the great american bash which is the next pay-per-view yeah hogan versus kidman number one contendership for the WCW championship on the line. Did Hogan squash him? And would you fucking believe it? Hogan knocks out Kidman with the brass knucks to become number one contender for the <laughs> WCW title. It's it's unbelievable. <laughs> oh my God. You can see why the Bash of the Beach 2000 stuff happened. Yeah. And Russo just went, fuck it. I don't give a fuck anymore. Yeah. Because every step they're trying to put someone over, Hogan's like, doesn't work for me, brother. Yeah. I yeah. won't beat him with the leg drop though. Yeah. I'll let him fall through a table. I'm not taking that bump, brother. In every match, he's dominated. But, in fairness, in Hogan's defence for once, what good would have it got by putting Kidman over? You could have had a new star. Nah, I like jokes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I know what you're saying, but uh, let's face it, Hogan is washed up completely at this point. Like he, he can just about work in the ring. He's got a year or two left where he can still go. He's done. But he's done. Yeah. He needs to be putting people over. And he never fucking did. Never no. does. Not even WWE never when he came back. Brett, never put over anyone. He put over The Rock at WrestleMania. But oh my God, it took a lot to get it there. <laughs> but know? obviously, you know, Hogan did say as well in all the interviews, and I definitely believe him. Base player of Metallica, right? Um, yeah, for sure. They switched it during the match. Hogan was supposed to go over because the crowd was so hot that he said to The Rock, you should have this, brother. And The Rock gleefully took it. No. He didn't even put over fucking Shawn Michaels, for God's sake. Well, Shawn Michaels put himself over at SummerSlam. <laughs> fucking A. <laughs> yeah. Best sell job ever. Yeah. Really, really good. I basically thought like late 2000s Dolph Ziggler just watched that match and was like, oh, that's how I'm just going to bump. <laughs> <laughs> but Hogan is maybe one of my most hated wrestlers of all time. I don't like his matches. He's a parasite. I don't like his promo work. I, I don't like anything about him. He never gave back to the industry that gave him everything. But remember, he's American made. <laughs> what a piece of shit he is. <laughs> anyway, so, I mean, that's that's the finale of our trilogy and what a typically bullshitty finale it was going to be. We knew this was coming. That's why we did it. I thought at some point he was going to put him over clean and this was going to be it because everyone talks about it all the time. Like, the amount of time someone's yeah. got to me, Hogan had that feud with Kibben where he put him over. That's why we fucking did it. <laughs> He didn't put him over at all. <laughs> Do you not love TV shows and episodic television where you get a really disappointing finish? WWE Raw. What's up, Game of Thrones? How you doing? So, um, Russo shoves Liz uh, into the um, the uh, the Millionaires Club bus and drives away in a car as Nash kind of slowly walks yeah. behind him and goes, "Fuck!" Drinks some water just calmly because he looks surprised because like, "Hang on, Luger's on the bus. I'll go and steal that stagehand's car and drive away." What was that about? Why did he put Liz on the bus? I think he was, he was probably like, right, I'm going to put you on this bus. I'm going to have my wicked... Whoa! Hey, Lex! Right, okay. Is that what happened? I didn't yeah. see it. Oh, fuck it. Who cares? Excuse me. Uh, so, video package for tonight's main event of the evening. The music is a rip-off of the Prodigy's Firestarter. Don't know if yep. you noticed. Like, a r- clear rip-off. Like, they left it on, though. I'm a Styrefarter. <laughs> Styrefarter. <laughs> Twisted Styrefarter. Runner, 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 runner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jarrett backstage interview with Mean Gene. Like, yeah, Mean Gene's back from his poop. Awesome. So, Double J calls Gene a geriatric slap ass. And you're like, oh, great. That's such a quality promo. Uh, Jarrett stumbles his line about boots and flossing his shoelaces or something. I don't know what the fuck he was going on about. It was meant to be one of these classic southern redneck wrestling heel lines, but... You've stumbled over it and fluffed it, so it just didn't work. Jarrett hasn't had a good match since AWA Super Clash. <laughs> Man, you might not be wrong there. Hang on, we've still got the main event to cover. Maybe you can turn it round a corner. The kitchen sink match. Oh, the with kitchen China, was with China. Good. That was yeah, the, good. The, like, the, the, the good one, housekeeping match. Yeah, where he was like paid a million dollars or whatever to do that one match because his contract had run out or yeah. something. Like, that was a good match, though. Um, That's because China beat the shit out of exactly, him. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, what other good double J matches have we seen? None. I can't think of a single one. There's only there's some of the King of the Mountains were entertaining. There's because they were so ridiculous. One redeemable Jeff Jarrett point, which we'll get, which I will get onto after we've covered the main event because it's, right, okay. it's part of my notes at the end. Let's fly through it. So Michael Buffer, a million pounds of an event. Michael Buffer is in the ring doing the ring introductions, and immediately some fan, just like with the can he do it that Jerry goes go back to Vegas, Buffer. <laughs> like love it. Absolutely love but it. But I assume he was in Ready to Rumble, was he not? So that's why the link is here. What, Michael Buffer? I think he was uh, like cameo in it, was he? 
you know he used to do all the ring introductions yeah. WCW's big pay-per-views, right? Yeah. Okay, just checking. Sometimes but, he'd be on fucking Nitro and stuff as well. But I was going to say, I thought he was in Ready to Rumble as well. I don't So I wonder know. if they had the links to the Triple Cage? Genuinely don't know. Okay. Um, Never liked him. Prefer his brother. Ah, Bruce. Bruce Buffett is a <laughs> yeah. don. Like his introductions make me go like, oh yeah, let's fucking kill each other. Michael Buffett does it. I'm like, oh, you sound like a bit of a douche. Now we are ready for our main... Are you ready? Nice said. Oh, fuck off. Yeah, it's really annoying. I don't go like back to Vegas, Buffer. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Not to be conf- confused with our good friend, Buffer. <laughs> I love a bit of Boofer, yeah. Did you see that uh, he was really Brock Lesnar stealing the gimmick <laughs> yeah. piece of shit? Did you see that I commented on that? I said to Boofer, I said, someone needs to call the police. There's been a robbery. <laughs> Boofer loved it. Nice, man. <laughs> so. Oh, I miss OWE. Buffer does his intro and uh, the cage lowers. Okay. So we've got the normal cage, which is basically the Hell in a Cell, yep. the big one. We've then got the hardcore cage, which is above that, which looks just like a normal cage with a roof on it to me uh and with the the wobbliest floor i've ever seen on any structure ever it looks terrifying like i'd be dangerous yeah. i would genuinely be scared being in there and then we've got the guitar cage which is like a miniature cage put on top of the other one hence the three tiers basically every music shop in a tiny village <laughs> <laughs> pretty much <laughs> but with like the the imploding guitars made of like you know less material than my <laughs> shitty desk you know <laughs> anyway so uh, there are ladders set up on the floor. And I'm like, what's going on here? I didn't quite understand why the ladders were there. But it gets pretty obvious. So random cane pyro from the corner spots yep. uh, as the cage lowers down. Uh, we get more pyro off the cage itself as well. So essentially, we, it's, quite, it's quite a sight, you've got to say. It's yeah, quite it's an intimidating thing to yeah. have there. So it's the hell in a cell, essentially, with a cage on top of that, with then a mini cage on top. Uh, and it's our WCW World Heavyweight title triple cage match. A triple threat cage match. Mm. Very quick. Go on. Very quickly. The promo leading up to announce this. who's in the match before we do this. No, because... Okay. When, well, okay, announce who it is and I'll do the, my Bischoff <laughs> right. bit. So we've got our WCW World Heavyweight Champion of David Arquette versus Diamond Dallas Page versus Jeff Jarrett. In the build-up to this, do you not recall the slight little... Uh, the, uh, the little bischoff cock up that they left in no what did he do or say they basically said instead of going like oh it's going to be the uh the three-way dance or the three three you know the triple threat yeah he's a and they're, it's going to be a three dance oh three dance <laughs> nice very nice so the cha 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 chosen one cha cha chosen one nice little reference Chronic. you know for 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 life you know yeah. it's all right uh Jarrett out first uh has his hands like taped up but i thought it was tape at first but it's not it's like kind of like rubber glove things yeah. so you can climb up the cage and stuff i'm assuming yeah i think so it, it looks okay it looks a bit weird it makes it different i guess it's like when people now actually have like street fights or brawls or they come out actually in their street gear now rather than their ring gear yeah although fair fair play to jinder mahal full kit wanker on the golf course <laughs> fucking a, well man. done jinder <laughs> absolutely i saw that clip so i don't watch WWE anymore so arquette out second uh i mean his gear is just so perfect the pose he does is just perfect it's so bad it's well played david arquette i don't know what he's doing here but it's hilarious um <laughs> you're not a wrestler <laughs> shut up monica <laughs> self high fun oh, no it's the network so we've got this crappy overdubbed bullshit music 
but I, I missed the crappy. I missed the smells like Teen Spirit ripoff yeah. so much, but it is what it is. So Arquette does lots of running away and watching Diamond Dallas Page and Jarrett doing wrestling. Uh, Cage is suspended from the ceiling, so it's not quite touching the floor. So every time they throw each other into the cage, wobbles about three foot either way. It doesn't look the most... It's not sturdy at all, is it? No. It it loses a lot of the intimidation factor when the cage wobbles around every time. So they can't do a lot of the typical cage spots. Yeah. You know, it's it's a shame, I think. But it's a big fucking thing to do, to achieve, you know? Yeah. So Diamond Dallas Page bumps Jarrett into Arquette. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page ducks a Jarrett clothesline and Jarrett hits Arquette. So Arquette got his spots in. Yep. He was in place for them. Good job, mate. <laughs> Jarrett blades. Uh, I have no idea why. I didn't see why. Woo! It felt like they just we've got to have a blade job somewhere. Yeah. We so. haven't had blood on this pay-per-view yet. So exactly. go for it. Uh, and we can do this because we haven't got the fucking um, network people going, oh, no, we're on Turner. You can't do blood yep. on Turner, you know? So um, so there are hatches or trap doors on the roof of the first cage that you can access the second cage. I'm like, so that's why we've got the ladders. Oh, yeah. The way to win this match is to get outside the cage and then just climb up the outside. Yeah. No one seems to realize this at any point. But there's a ladder in wrestling. Use it. <laughs> so um, DDP and Jarrett make it up to the second cage after about two thirds of the match, which is in the, the bottom yeah. of the cage, because obviously the safest version, they're like, we'll just do the match here yeah. and then we'll do the end spot when we go up. We'll just we'll do the gimmicks later. Yeah, they barely utilize the fact this is a three tiered cage yeah. until the end. So um, they escape this layer of the cage. And they have to use some bolt cutters to open the door. And it seems an inconvenient way of setting up a match. Yeah. Imagine they didn't bring the bolt cutters. They'd be stuck in the second cage. Well, then you have to go back down, get out the cage the other way, climb up the outside and just crack on winning <laughs> like the belt. should have been the first fucking place. <laughs> is what it is. Uh, so you end up on the roof of the first cage. Uh, so whoever designed this monstrosity did not understand what flooring was. Because the, like they look like they're going to fall. They look like they're about to McFoley it every time they run across the cage. Smackdown you know? versus Raw Hell in a Cell steel cage style. You walk over it, it looks like you're about to fall through. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah. I remember yeah. playing that, actually. Yeah. I had that one. So um, uh, both lads uh, managed to knock down one of the sides of the cage so the second tier of the cage almost falling to their deaths this looked like a prepared spot yeah but, but very one that almost went very wrong oh my lord if one person had rolled their shoulder or something they would have flying off the edge of the yeah. fucking thing could have been terrified so diamond Dallas page is attempting to set up a table on top of a cell <laughs> like this is madness demon <laughs> it's so weird so uh, he manages to do a power slam to Jarrett through the table, and I'm like, props, man. Absolute props. He managed to set up a table on, like, a chained floor yeah. and then do a power slam without knocking any of it over. It's pretty impressive, actually. Like, the only sturdy structure that was there. Ralph has climbed up it earlier and bounced, and I was like, that's the one which we need to be secure on. <laughs> Fucking A. So uh, DDP and Jarrett tease throwing each other off the roof of the cage, which obviously they had to do. I would have thought they'd do more of this. It yeah. only happens once, really. Um, so Arquette suddenly decides to climb up to the second cage. And you're like, what are you doing, Dave? Like, I know what you're doing, but, you know, because I've yeah. seen this before. But um, DDP doesn't seem to care or notice. Mike Awesome then appears out of fucking nowhere and takes out Diamond Dallas Page. Without using a ladder. True, absolutely. the outside of the yeah. cage. He, did he? Yeah. He must have, because I didn't see him climb, yeah. but he just appears almost. So Arquette climbs up to the tippity top above the actual third tier cage. Above the, the guitar house. Which is where the belt is hanging. So really, it's almost like a four-tiered 
Yeah, you're standing on top of the third tier. Yeah. But then you think about it, you've got the ramp is another tier, the ring is another tier, and the top of no. that cage is also a tier. So, you're really? The to- no. <laughs> you're not having it? No. You're the top of the wedding cake. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm fine with that. So, uh, DDP takes out Awesome. Uh, DDP and Jarrett climb up to the tippity top and into the third cage with the imploding guitars. DDP hands Arquette a guitar. You're like, seems like a dumb fucking idea. You never know, my turn on you. <laughs> but he, was, he wasn't he was heelish or a dickhead earlier outside his limo. <laughs> of course he wasn't. So both DDP and Jarrett are climbing up to the little cage at the top and Arquette goes, oh, and hits DDP. Oh. Like, Didn't see that coming. Oh, no. Hey, bro, it's a swerve. <laughs> Such an illogical, dumb fucking swerve. Well, no, in fairness, uh, oh. you told me I wasn't part of the Millionaires Club. Well, that's really mean. Oh, it's just they've done it on the night. Yeah. There's no build to this. Arquette was fully behind DDP. Yeah. He beat Bischoff to get the match against Jarrett. Yeah. If he's if he's against DDP, why the fuck did he do that in the first place? Are you trying to suggest there needs to be some logical booking where DDP, <laughs> sorry, Arquette was in the pocket of the new blood all along and they went through all this violence and beatdown just so Jarrett could just yeah. have the belt? Just the risk of DDP maybe getting the belt and climbing up for anyone's notice. They went through all this. Yeah. Just so they could do this. <laughs> Shenanigans. Oh, it's fucking dumb Would have got away if it hadn't been for those pesky kids. So Arquette smashes the guitar over DDP's head. DDP bumps to the top of the cell. Jarrett does the same, smashes the guitar over the top of uh, DDP. Uh, Jarrett takes down the belt and celebrates with him and Arquette. But that's not all, folks. Awesome. Then attacks Diamond Dallas Page on top of the roof of the first cage. Canyon appears out of nowhere for the save. Remember what Canyon had happened to him earlier in this night. The neck bumps from uh, the awesome bomb. Fucking A. So, do you want to describe this last spot? Go on. Well, I'm going to describe it in a slightly different way because it's the most inappropriate thing that anyone's ever done in professional wrestling. Okay. So, Mike Awesome then gets hold of Chris Candido. Not Chris Candido, Chris Canyon. Chris Candido was backstage boning Sonny, <laughs> <laughs> among other things. Uh, so, took poor Chris Canyon and threw him off the top of level one of a 20-foot cage and he went through the entrance ramp. Yeah. This is distasteful in such so many ways because... The 23rd of May, 1999, in the Kemper Arena in Kansas, Missouri, where we are at the moment, is where Owen Hart had his tragic accident and died in the ring. Yeah. A year removed from that, this is the 7th of May, 2000, in the same arena, they throw a man from the top of a structure. No, not for me. Yeah, it's it's very distasteful. It's very typical WCW. I will say, I will never forget that spot. Yeah. I remember seeing it as a kid and going, holy shit. Yeah. Seeing it on this show now, back, you're like, ah, it's reasonably safe. But the distance from the cage to the ramp where Kenyon ended up, yeah. they went a long way. For sure. Like, yeah. it's, it's a terrifying spot. Yeah. Doing it, I'd be shitting myself. Like, so, I would just never do it. It's the simplest way of putting it. Basically, you know what happened here was Canyon suddenly got into this main event picture because someone said, we're going to have this triple cage. Who's going to be thrown off it? And Canyon was like, who's better than Canyon? <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I, the, I will always remember the spot because as you said, I always remember seeing it and wanting this triple cage match. And yeah. so that's why I went to the lengths to get to see it on the, v- on the VHS. But to do it in the same arena, almost a year to the... I mean, we're like two weeks removed a year and two weeks removed from Owen Hart's tragic death yeah to do it it's not great but then that leads back to the the good Jeff Jarrett point 
Jeff Jarrett, the Raw After Owen Hart died at the tribute show, you could tell how much Owen as a friend meant to Jeff Jarrett. And the fact that Owen's words of how much and the memories of, of Owen Hart is better than any match Jeff Jarrett had ever had. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, hands down. Watch any promo Owen Hart ever did ever. It's better than anything Jarrett ever did, to be fair. Yeah, but still, Jeff Jarrett, you know, he lost his mate. And the yeah. fact, but then agreeing to sign off on that spot a year after. It's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah. It, feel, it reeks of desperation. This, the the, yeah, this, this whole thing now to gain attention, to gain... Because when Foley went off the cage, went off the head in the cell, yeah, you know, it was ridiculous. Cha- a moment that changed my life. Yeah. For sure. But the, yeah, this is... We're clutching. We are go- We are underwater. We are struggling to get out. We can't tread the wall. We, we, we're done. We yeah. need to do something to try and get out of this mess. And that was their last, their last play. Because after this show... Go ahead. We had a few more pay-per-views. I think we had like five or six pay-per-views before they went under. Yeah, not much. It's only about a year or so. So, because it's next summer, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, we're basically eleven months from WrestleMania 17, and that's the week before it was the buyout. Uh huh. So the next pay per view up was the Great American Bash. We've yeah. already touched on uh, Hogan and Kidman. You know, good thing that he puts that kid over. <laughs> Sting and Vampiro also had another match. Okay, the Human Torch match. Oh. Which, Vamp- in which Vampiro won. Kane Undertaker stuff. By se- well, no, that was an Inferno match. Yeah. 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 No, <laughs> this, this just happened by uh, Vampiro setting Sting on fire. Oh, nice. But you asked about the Kevin Nash payoff and where yeah. this is all leading. Well, main event for the WCW title at uh, the Great American Bash. Interesting where Ric Flair's title shot went for this as he won that battle royal on Thunder. But, yeah, let's not worry about that. <laughs> Nash versus Jarrett. Title on the line. Nash about to win. Who comes out, turns heel, and joins the fucking new blood? Bill freaking Goldberg. Oh, really? Okay. I kind of remember that. Yeah. And after Great American Bash, we then went to Bash at the Beach where we had Hogan get fired, and then that was it. It all turned to shit from there. Yeah, yeah. That Bash at the Beach is, again, another turning point, really. Yeah. When they do the whole shoot worked bullshit. I've got a wife. I've got three kids. I ain't got time for this shit. I really don't need this shit. It's okay. I know that quite inside out because I'm saying it for the pod. But yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it gets bad. Like this, this is, again, it's semi kind of exciting. There's a new feel to everything. It's different, you know? Yeah. Structured and no backstage segments other than one Kevin Nash walking in a hallway. Exactly. There's, there's, three or four tropes they they are constantly relying on and it's in three shows we've watched i'm getting totally sick to death of watching it like, how did they expect anyone to continue watching this crap 19 years later yeah what do you see on main t- number one promotion television then what, what raw or whatever yeah what's your reaction when you watch that watch the current i know you don't really watch the current product but <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's difficult for me but here you go so you've just described they base it around your three or four core wrestlers which they're doing at the moment with seth with aj with dragon Mm. and maybe kofi for the time being till they get bored or they blame the ratings on kofi being champion it's nothing to do with kofi being champion it's the piss poor writing oh absolutely it's it's crazy those are four guys i really love as professional wrestlers they're not the land they are not the marquee names to build your company around i don't want to watch them because I know they're going to not be themselves, not do what they can do, you know, and not have, not give me any reason to be invested in their matches. It's a real shame. Um, and again, 
WCW tried it and they tried to bring in new stars and tried to make people have relevance. WWE have probably, in our lifetime, the best in-ring talent they have ever, yeah. ever had. Ross is insane. But the storytelling, the promo ability is dog shit. Yep. And the worst thing is, and I will say this now to wrestling fans in general, oh, so-and-so should go to AEW, so-and-so should go to WWE, he's too good for the indies. Be very fucking careful what you wish for. Yeah, feels like it, doesn't it? And also, don't keep saying, oh, AEW should sign him, AEW should sign him. No. Just let them do their own fucking thing. If they want to have one or two people from WWE when their contracts expire, as you said, Steen and Generico will go, and I think the Revival will go. But yeah, out of the Adam whole... Cole, Adam Cole, definitely. Yeah. Out of the entire roster, that's the only five they could possibly yeah. want and or need. You know, I thought about this week. Like, I agree with what you're saying. I don't want a big bloated roster for AEW at yeah. all. They definitely could use 20, 30 more stars. You know what I mean? But then you get the issue of like, how do you keep them as stars and how do you book them and all this sort of shit. And also, you've but, only got a one, one show, two hours TV. Yeah. You don't need... You need a roster of maybe 30 mm. to be able to do it. And you've got your... Let's say four top guys, th- four top tags. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, for sure. Six, seven decent women. There's, there's one person on WWE roster that I would be like, yeah, that could work. Randy Orton. <laughs> Velveteen. Mm. Velveteen. Although, did you see what he tweeted and then deleted after TakeOver? Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I think... I think he could be the guy that, that like you know the the Hulk Hogan the Lex Luger the, the Jumps Company or whatever I think Moxley's done it though yeah I don't know Moxley's okay I, I don't think he's gonna be the guy we all remember as the AEW Jump whatever I know he's the first I think he's the Lex Luger yeah you know appearing in the, the shopping mall or whatever but I think there's a slot here for one major fucking star to come across and um, I I don't know, I just I, I've got a feeling about Velveteen at the moment. I think he's something very very special. But he couldn't have the name. Mm, that's a fair I, point. I think the problem is with Velveteen Dream, that is his gimmick. If he goes over as Patrick Clark, no, not as Patrick Clark, but it's something similar. Yeah, that's, that that could stop him. I see that. The the big one for AEW. Yeah, it's Punk. Ah. <sighs> Yeah, I guess it is, isn't it? In terms of publicity and getting eyes on the product, that's insane. Yeah. Especially with the UFC stuff he's done. Because yeah. uh, he, he may have been terrible in the UFC, but it had a lot of eyes on it. Yeah. A lot of eyes on it. But, you know, we've got two companies, which is brilliant. It's good for the boys, good for the girls, it's good for everyone. And hopefully, yeah, sure. this will then suddenly make Vince Man have heart attack, die. Triple H can basically bring NXT out to the main roster. Everyone will love wrestling. Wrestling's brilliant. Yeah. I Do you don't get the feeling of like whenever we say the whole thing about Vince Man fucking off or whatever, like he's an old man, he could pop his clogs at any moment, and we're gonna feel terrible about it. <laughs> like I feel like we should stop saying it. No, <laughs> you know. Okay, no. In, in all seriousness, you know, Vince McMahon, as Moxley said, as everyone said, Vince is gonna die in the chair. Yeah, he's he's he gonna will. die at work, yeah. and he's gonna you know he's a healthy chap, but you can't work that long, mm. and he's starting to show his age a bit now. Poor Vince. He's done everything for professional wrestling. He's the reason we're here. He's the reason, let's be honest, everyone who's on the indie circuit or currently on the indies, they didn't sit there and have the plethora of talent and the on-demand, the internet, to be able to see who their favorite wrestler is. I mean, a lot of the WWE guys are like, oh, Amazing Red. 
he's the reason we could do all the high flying stuff. Yeah. And yeah, that's great. And that I agree with that. But you hear all the rest, it's like, oh, I grew up watching Savage, I grew up watching Shawn Michaels. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Everyone watched WWE, and the reason why we've still got a business that's so vibrant at the moment is because of Vince McMahon. The yeah. problem is, Vince McMahon is going to kill his business despite himself because he won't listen. Yeah, pretty much. But AW, when they get weekly TV, WWE going on to Fox, mm. it's going to be interesting to see if they up their game. I think the the big thing here is where are we are in five years sort of thing. You know, like it'd be really interesting. I don't think WWE is going to go anywhere. I don't think AEW is going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, apart from like, you know, onwards and upwards and such. I think WWE will have to scale back a little bit uh, because of the finances. And I think they're expanding a bit too fast at the moment. The expansion is fast, but the money, I said the last quarter earnings were down considerably based on what they were, but they had all their expansion through international markets yep. for the last time. This quarter, they're going to have the Saudi money from the Super Showdown, which is going to be a massive cash flow injection. Mm-hmm. They're not going to release talent at the moment. Why would they? Why would they give things their opposition? Because they want to be stronger. Decent human beings, but I know what you mean, yes. Still getting paid a job, though. Yeah. If my boss turned around and went, you've got a 10-year contract and you've got to go and sit home for what you earn, I'd be like, fuck yeah! I, I understand it. Um, they're stopping people from creating legacies and such, which is not looking good on them at the moment. No, but again, problem being listed on the stock exchange, you are answerable to sh- your shareholders. Are you going to get let an asset go to a rival business? I would. Yeah, that's because you're a nice human being. You're, th- this is the problem. You are. The thing ge- is they're going there anyway, so you're just delaying the inevitable, and you look like a prick in the process. What's the point? I don't understand it. Because at the moment, in the early jump, the early buzz, because you saw what the buzz at Moxley caused, the internet was talking about it. Luke I Harper don't... goes there. Luke Harper's not a massive star. My mum doesn't know who Luke, Har- Luke Harper is. What does it matter to Vince Why if he goes? Well, I, I recently heard again on the old uh, dirt sheet is this on Wrestling Inc., the reason why Vince McMahon turned cold on Luke Harper is because he couldn't do a southern accent. On that note, yeah! shall we end the pod? Uh, thank you very much for watching and listening. We're live on YouTube every week, at f- every Wednesday at five o'clock. Uh, subscribe, search World of Wrestling Podcast. Go to worldofwrestlingpodcast.com for all the podcast apps and everything like that. Subscribe. Really helps us out. Give a leave a review on iTunes and stuff as well, or a thumbs up on YouTube, whatever you want to do. Any of that stuff helps us get out there a little bit more. And, uh, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Worldofwrestlingpodcast.com uh, I'm at the Tex Williams on Twitter and Instagram. See me this Friday. Return to the ring. First time in a year. Fucking A, man. It's going to be fun. I'm going to win the fucking Battle Royal. Then I'm going <laughs> to get number one contender. I'm going to win the Wrestling Fall World title. Excellent. Uh, mine is Rich. Um, mine is Fanboy Rich. I always keep saying the old tag. So Fanboy Rich on Twitter and Instagram. Come see my Warhammer painting. Yeah! <laughs> I'm going to go and paint some flipping orcs. <laughs> All right. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Oh, uh, we don't know what we're doing next week, do we? See you next week. <laughs> Bye. Dub C dub. Dub C dub. <laughs>